Hi, welcome to the Iconoclast radio show. I'm your host, Iconoclast, and also uh, with BlackNazis.com. And uh, we have with us uh, George from the Wolf Slayer. And uh, supposedly we were supposed to have a guest on tonight or someone in the roundtable discussion. And, uh, you know, at the last minute they... uh, came up with some lame excuse. I don't even know who the person was. But uh yeah, he he said he uh got cold feet because I don't know the government's out to get him. You know, he, he contacted me on Skype and said that, you know it really said George that, you know, he made a Skype for the first time and he contacted me through it and then when he did that, his Skype account got closed down and he had to make a new one. And, uh, you know, he thinks that, that that's that's a good reason not to do it because he's just running really, you know, scared, thinking that there's more to it or whatever. But, uh, you know, my, my questions were very simple. I mean, are you important? Do they, do, do they think, okay, well, why isn't my, you know, why isn't my Skype cut down? Why isn't they yeah, shut mine? Why, yeah, yeah, why are yours? Or... or or anybody more important than someone who hasn't even uploaded a fucking YouTube video yet, supposedly from from what was the last thing he told about anything. But uh, I had a little conversation with him, and I get sick and tired of that. People that want to have off-air conversations about some shit. And uh, yeah. so anyway, tonight's uh, radio program hopefully will be a good one if we can to participate, especially anyone that claims to be a, a white nationalist, um, whether they join us tonight or not, I think um, at some point, like they always do, they go listen to my work and have so much, they know they want to criticize something as if they know what they're talking about. And I hate to start off the show talking and saying something bad about white nationalists, but I mean, criticism has to go where criticism needs to go if you want to get shit done on the planet. So, uh, white nationals. You have the, yeah, go yeah, ahead. ahead. No, what do you want to say? I was just going to say, uh, if you had, do you have like the chat of this uh, call in front of you? Which call? The one from the, from the guy? No, I mean, no. I mean, I'm talking about this one. I mean, the radio show chat. Because no, someone's saying. Okay, well, hold on. Let me go, let me go read it because, um, I'm trying to get somewhere private where I where I won't be disturbed and uh, talk to you on the phone yeah. during this. But uh, yeah, what's going on? Nothing. There's a guy saying I stepped on a nail. Okay, I stepped on a nail. Dog. Okay, so put it in on there on me. Okay, the dog apparently they're after okay. for some reason. Okay, well I didn't. Okay, I stepped on a nail. Put it in there to get me. Oh. I, I get okay. What, what's that mean? Is that guest seven? Is that is that the guy who made the Skype call? Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess so. All I know is, man, get out. You know, yeah. Well, let me go. You know what? It's good that I do go go ahead and read that Skype call because I think it's important. Let me go ahead and um, pull that up real quick. So it says, um, well, I'm starting to completely even still, but powerful. Hold on. Where are we at? Um, let me see if I can figure this out. Um, hey, dude, this is the same alternative equilibrium. I don't know who that is. After that call dropped, 
and we sent those two messages and we sent those two messages. What the fuck is he talking about? We sent two messages. I got logged out of Skype and we got he said he got logged out of Skype and um let me see what else happened here. Logged out of Skype and my account got scrubbed. Sounds like bullshit. It told me <laughs> I was it told me I was banned or breaking terms of service. I had created that account this morning. Anyway, kind of debating calling now for obvious reasons. No, I don't know what the obvious reasons are. Sounds paranoid to me. I think we both know that wasn't coincidence. Oh, we don't? What was it? It wasn't coincidence? I don't know what the fuck happened to you. Did you make your Skype account under a fake bunch of bullshit-ass names and last names? I don't know what you did because I ain't never had a problem with my account being scrubbed off Skype. Um, so. Um, uh, the account I was talking to you on before this got struck right after we got done talking. Um, swear to across my heart. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, you are missing my point. Someone was listening to that call and didn't want me to on the show tonight. Well, I think someone might have been on that, that call tonight because there was a Jew named, um, I don't even know if I can bring up his name anymore because I got him, um, deleted his ass because I just, like I told you, I'd went and, um, put out a little link for the show or whatever. And uh, while I was doing it, I guess somehow this Jew was still, that's been stalking me from last year, 2016. Um, I didn't know who it was, but I had sent a link, you know, to my Skype contacts. And next thing you know, there's a um, Jew. Now that's another reason why I don't like fucking Skype on my phone because I had Skype opened up on my laptop and Skype opened up on my goddamn phone when I closed up on Skype on my phone, the fucking shit somehow was still open up on my, what you call it. So there was a, there was a Jew on there. I can't remember. His name was Gorilla something, I think, if I remember. Something to that effect, maybe. And anyway, so um, I, this person contacted me, said, Adam. I said, I don't know who are you. Next thing you know, I'm getting a phone call, and the man starts talking. Right away, I know it's a fucking Jew. I said, uh, are you a Jew? And um, I can't remember what he said, but I said, uh, you're a Jew, and then kept on asking, What's, what do you want? He never answered, but he said he wanted to know what time the show starts. So he's probably, yes, 13 in there in the in the call right now with his coward-ass self with no, um, with no ability. Or no, he's not the coward. Um, yeah. So guess 13 if he's willing to open his mouth, but he probably because uh, show him dude, something. Dude, yeah. that's me. Oh, guess 13 you. Okay, well, yeah, I guess the, the, the Jew ain't showed up yet. But anyway, the point is this. Um, you know, it gets really, really old for people that want to pretend like they're going to, you know, I'm I'm glad I'm not a white nationalist because, I mean, why even be involved with it? Because you got one that, uh, you know, he's not even sure whether it's the Jew or not. And, and so that was one of the points that he wanted to talk to me off here about. He wanted to get into a discussion off here, but now on here, you don't got time for it. But he wanted to tell me how it's not really the Jew and this and that and it, and and he can understand how uh, different ethnic groups can have their own deals. Okay, yeah, thanks for that weak thinking. I think most people can get to that point. But the yeah. point is, when we look at, let's look at um, the most civilized nation on the planet that there's ever, that anyone has ever bore witness of, Nazi Germany. 
the most civilized nation that's ever been, um, whether yeah. we're talking about whether we're talking morals or we're talking about technology, because morals and technology is what civilization and what is deemed to be more mm -hmm. civilized than anyone else. And so when we look at the most uh, civilized, intelligent nation on the planet that we can witness, we know one thing, that they figured out it is all of them. But this guy, he wants to pity-pat around, and really why he wants to pity-pat around is because no decent person wants to just label a whole group of people a certain kind of way. But, but if you want to live in reality, we must face reality. And uh, that's what happens when you stop playing around with the issue and look at it the way it is, just like we're going to look at this issue tonight. And what we're talking about is um, the article with Andre Anglin and, uh, that was written by Luke O'Brien. Now, Luke O'Brien contacted me quite a few times. Um, the first time he contacted me, him and another guy, I forget what that guy's name is, but there was two journalists that contacted me. Um, they wanted me to, you know, give them some information about uh, Andre Anglin. I don't, I don't call him Andrew because that is some. That's like calling Larry Fishburne Lawrence Fishburne. All of a sudden, yeah. like that's going to make him more important. His name is Andre. Um, he called me, and uh, I told him, look, uh, if you have some questions about Andre, come on my radio show and ask him. But he wasn't interested in that. He was interested in behind the scenes trying to uh, get people to talk bad about Andre. And uh, I'm not interested in talking about Andre just because I have any kind of personal animosity or any, anything of the sort. I mean, whatever my criticisms are going to be, it's about what's keeping results from happening, and that is it. If anyone knows anything about me, there's been many of opportunities. People have begged me. Matter of fact, um, cowards of the white nationalist movement that I dared them for many years. If, you, if, if what I'm saying is wrong, step on. Just like this one tonight, I wish he would have stepped on. And, and you would have seen who's intellectually superior because I'm getting sick and tired of this shit about how, you know, the, the, the trending, the people who have co-opted, uh, taken over what is known as the white nationalist or uh, movement or even what is known as white national socialists, they have, you know, they've been taken advantage of because, once again, as I've said from the beginning of when I first started radio a long time ago, and they couldn't get it back then because these people are cult members and, and, and they, they just don't understand how to, how to deal with what I'm talking about. And, and a cult member is a person who um, lives by belief systems, but only that it's a person, it's a person always looking for a savior. And uh, that's what they're looking for. That's how come Andre Anglin was so easily able to say, oh, look, here's your leader right here. I'm willing to do it, right? They're always looking for someone else to jump on the hand grenade. This guy talking about he stepped on the nail. I wish he would step on the nail for the white nationalists. He ain't stepped on shit for nothing. And then you wonder, and then you want to, then you want to have, then he wants to put out a, a, a show. And by the way, you, have, you don't have the right to put my show up there, okay? You don't have a right to record my show. You don't have a right to post my show on your YouTube, whatever, because, you're a waste of time. So, um, you know, regarding Andre and the white nationalists, I would say this, 
it gets really old as someone um, of another ethnicity to, you know, that is understanding some of the, uh, understanding, I would say, more than what most of the white nationalists, if not all of them, understand about what's going on here with the Jews and nationalism, national socialism, because I keep on hearing from them that it's the niggers, it's the niggers, it's the, it's, why is it the niggers? Because the niggers oh. keep on getting, the niggers keep on getting tricked by the Jews. The Jews, because the niggers are so dumb that they get tricked by the Jews, they can't see that the Jews are tricking them and this and that. Well, I keep on hearing that, and that's their main argument for why they dislike black folks, right? So let me see if I can help them to stop saying that that's the reason. Now, the other reasons are uh, fairly understandable, and that is that uh, the cultures are different, and, uh, you know, many other things are different, but that is their culture, and I don't particularly along with a lot of other people, don't particularly agree with many different aspects of people's culture. But that is their culture. Now, the point is whether you have to deal with it or not. So I think we need to work on, on that aspect of things, like how we can, you know, separate in a in a way that makes sense and will work, not this, uh, this fantasy shit where we got these uh, people just saying a bunch of, inflammatory things that haven't done anything for white folks. And I think this is the reason, I'll let you comment in a second. I think this is the reason why this show is so important, like I said, because I'm getting sick and tired of hearing these weak white folks who know better than to ever come on a radio show with me. Someone must have warned him, I guess, because they know better. I mean, Scott Roberts, like I was saying earlier, and the rest of them, I could never get any of them to get on a radio show, but once Andre had taken over their little movement of uselessness. Then come and they say, can, can you do a show with me? Um, do a show with me. Um, I, I want to talk about Andre. Well, I didn't really want to talk about Andre, but I wanted to be diplomatic and see if we couldn't bridge the, get, the gap, not bust and hold hands and, you know, kumbaya, but if we can work together to solve the problems that we both have. And so I tried that with Scott Roberts, the only one that had the sack at that time um, to to uh, do a discussion. But his whole motive for doing the discussion is because he had been next out of the situation between um, Mike Delaney and he lost his he lost his little his little king uh, order in a bunch of white nationalist waste of time. And so because of that, he got a little bit salty, and he thought he could use, utilize me to try to make Andre look bad. And I was willing to tell the truth about what was important about Andre, but that is it. And towards the end of that interview, um, he, he acted like he wanted to – well, when he first got on the interview, he wiped his feet. He was very respectable because he knows this is not the fucking guy to play with on air right now. But towards the end – I guess someone was like either edging him on or doing something, but towards the end he tried to poke his chest like he wanted to actually get into a debate about something, but he knows he didn't want to. And then the next day he was on a show with someone else and he had so much to say that he didn't have to say on the air the day before. And I don't keep up with these people. I don't give a shit. If you know any successful person, they don't waste time wondering or worrying about what somebody else is doing. They do what they do. So, 
So what I hear is people coming to me and say, Andre said this, or, or, or Scott Roberts said this the next day on this show, or whatever. And then if I feel like it, if I think it's important, I'll go l- listen to it. Well, Andre put out this hit piece, or, or this art, you know, this article's about Andre, this hit piece, and uh, it's important to cover. And I don't know where you would like to start. I mean, if you would like to, I, I'm not really in a position to read read the article right now. If you feel like reading the article, I will make a point to read the article too. But if you feel like reading it right now and starting off, I mean, you're welcome to. If you have any comments about anything I said, you know, I'd love to hear them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, from what I can tell, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, the problem is with these people is that they don't care really about getting results. All they care about is just getting inflamed their fucking ego. Because, like, another thing I noticed with the white nationalists is that they all do it because of resentment, because of hatred. They don't do it because, you know, they love their people. I don't see any, you know, that love or that passion for the people. I never see that shit. You know, when I see speeches from Adolf Hitler, you can tell that he's doing it for the German people. He's doing it for his people. You know, he's not doing it for himself or nobody else. I mean, he was a poor man, and he had to climb that ladder. You know, I mean, fuck. When you read Mein Kampf, you know, he had fights with his dad because his dad wanted to be a person in the government. And Hitler actually hated that. And talk about irony. Like, if that, his dad were to see what he turned into, he'd be like, oh, my God. I want to be worse for the government. But, like, holy shit. I wouldn't even dream that you would get so far. Like, damn. But, well, <laughs> what, I, what I'd like to say in defense of uh, white nationalists is that there are, there are a lot of them out there. But uh, the problem that they face is the one that, that was supposed to come on the show tonight. He seemed like an okay guy, but very disappointing because he's weak. And then they wonder why nothing has happened. I yeah. see a lot of the, the ones that would probably be show them show the white nationalists in a a positive light. They're too worried about everything, like what this guy was worried about. Right? He was worried about some shit that he didn't even he was guessing about. He couldn't even tell you what the reality of, of that situation was. Speaking of reality situation. I just mentioned that word, and that's one of Andre's uh, websites that he created, one of his first ones. And the reason why he did that is because, you know, this is where Andre got most of his uh, good information from, what mattered in his life, what was real. This man went through a lot of – he went through a lot of uh, people that we'll talk about as we move forward. I would prefer that you read that article. Otherwise, I'm going to have a bunch of cats meowing in the background, <laughs> some other shit. And um, it really doesn't matter. What matters is the information. Yeah. But um, in, in the sense of white people, I would say that there are, there are a lot of good, decent white, white people as far as white nationalists, but they are not the ones that we're hearing from right now, right? Mm-hmm. They're the scared ones that, that – you know, they might have enough intellect to to do things in the right way, but they don't have the will. And and like you know, speaking of Adolf Hitler, that's that's important because 
like you said, came from a poor background, but because he had the will. And that's why it's so easy. And that's why, you know, you know, if you understand anything about triumph of the will, you know how important that is. The more you express your will, the reason why I have never stopped is because I've always seen results. The, the energy I put in, my will, I always get results, and that only makes you want to express your will even more. And, and of course, there's also, you know, Adolf used the word providence. There's an, there's an aspect of that, too, um, that you, you, you will be in a position where you will know when to act and know how to act if what you are interested in doing is what you say out of your mouth you're interested in doing. That's why I've been so successful. And if we go back and we listen to my radio shows and all of my radio shows, in the very beginning, I always tell people, I'm not looking to lead. I'm looking to create leaders. And that's what I do. Andre has just been another one. Unfortunately, he has been bought and paid for by the Jews. And we'll cover that later, towards the end of the show. Right now, we want to talk about the article. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you want to read it or... Do I need to? No, I'll read it. Okay. Um, let me pull it up here. But, uh, you know, before before reading it, I just wanted to comment, though, that, um, you know, I used to, you know that radio show where Scott did on his own? There were, I was one, I was, I was pretty much the only other guy there on the show. <laughs> but, um, okay. you know, that's because, that's because at the time, I didn't really get the chance to listen to you or Luke on your position. So I was at the time in agreement. So, you know, once Luke showed me the bullshit, you know, of his argument, and then I met you, then I said, well, fuck, you know, you're the one that's real and he's the one who's being a bitch about it. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, you know, Scott Roberts, I wouldn't say necessarily. I can't say for certain that Scott Roberts is not real. I would say Scott Roberts is not ready to be 100% real, meaning when you finally realize it, Scott Roberts, if he was 100% real, he doesn't have to bust and hold hands with me, but he would know that I don't mean or mean any kind of threat, and I want them to succeed as white nationalists because I don't know if you've ever heard me say this, but the the for white nationalists to succeed, I don't see myself as someone in a minority that will be oppressed by. I don't see that mm-hmm. because you, that's not that's not my future. That's not how I think, and it's not just because I don't think like that. I see the future. I know what's potential, what the future can potentially hold as America. America's not 1933 Germany. Okay, mm-hmm. we're at a, we're at a different time frame now. I've read Mein Kampf at least three times, and after reading it, I only have basically three of the same argue, um, you know, three things that you know I probably disagreed with. And uh, but it was only because we're in different times now, and it had nothing to do with race; it had everything to do with the political thinking at the time. And I would like mm-hmm. to say that yes, National Socialism is based on 
race to some degree, and it's based on culture also yeah. because you have to you have to be at a common place with individuals. So if we're at a common place right now with white nationalists, it is that we are Americans and we know that nationalism is the only intelligent way to go and national socialism, and our country's going there. See, I already see the future. We're going to be national socialists unless, unless the future is the Jews um, is going to be the Jews' Messiah. And the Jews' Messiah is, like I told you before, is artificial intelligence. I mean, that's what they're depending on to, to save them from the goyim because we are coming and the world is ours. And, and artificial intelligence won't stop us. And if you look, you're looking at future right now, because if you listen to what I tell the people from day one on my radio show is about cult members and belief, they don't get it, even though Alex Jones and everyone else is starting to use the word cult member in a way that doesn't really tell you what they're trying to say, except that it's a bad thing. The, pur the purpose of cult is that you live in a belief. That's the definition of a cult, is that you live by belief systems, and a cult group is a group of people that live by a belief system. So if you're living by beliefs, that's not facts, that's not reality. We're getting to a world now where there's going to be artificial intelligence and CGI. You could be watching Wolf Butcher, and it might, even, it might not even be him, and when they turn to the action, it's probably going to be something made up somewhere by artificial intelligence is our future if we don't stop it. So if you love artificial intelligence, all I can say is you better be prepared for the future. And I, and I got to tell you, since I've been doing radio, I've been getting people there because the future will not depend on what you see with your eyes only, but you will have to rely on your primal instincts. You will have to rely on your primal instincts and that's something that people don't understand. And the way to understand that, it's, I would say primal instinct is a kind of another sense and muscle of yours, just like your brain, a part of your brain that you have not used and you do not use a, a lot. And there are certain people in our, in our society that can develop that to certain degrees. Let's say someone that um, is in the military possibly, that, that their life is always in a line where they have to have uh, extra instincts to stay alive. Or, you know, if you're living in the hood as a, a drug dealer, if you're a police on the street, maybe, you know, undercover, you may need these kind of things unless, unless you know, unless the world has gotten so uh, weak that, you know, you, there's no reason to be worried about anybody because everybody's just weak. And so... Yeah. So there's ways to, to um, hone these instincts, but primal instincts is what I call it. It's something that people are going to have in the future. When you see something on television, you've got to be at a level where you can compute and analyze right then whether this, just like what I did with Andre Anglin, in 2.2 seconds, I saw immediately this man is funded by the Jews. Okay, But guess what? Time and time and time and time again, you know, this is another thing about these white folks always talking about how stupid the black man is and how he gets manipulated by the white folks. But then we've got major examples of everyone from um, Hal Turner, who is a Jew. They still haven't figured that one out yet, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got people like uh, 
the talk show host, Michael Savage, the Jew, the white man being led by the Jew again, and then they're being led by fucking Alex Jones, who's funded by the Jews, and then you got Ben Shapiro that knows you're so stupid who even put a yarmulke on and talk to you, and you still won't get it, white guys, right? But if that's not bad enough, that's not bad enough for you. Well, we can go to people like Bill White. Bill White, who was born in a Jewish community, went to a Jewish school. Um, there's even research. I'll put it up when I do the video, the compilation, the, the, the companion video to this to this radio show. I'm going to put up all about Bill White and how they were linked to something that the white folks and the rest of us should have that I've talked about long time ago, many years ago on the show. The Jews have something called the megaphone where when an important issue um, happens, they get an alert, almost like a text alert, like on Twitter or whatever, where they say, hey, look, this is the issue, and let's go jump on it right now. And then they all go a million on, you know, they all at once, a million of them go, you know, phone calls to, to the Capitol or whatever. There's no one doing no shit like that, right? All they're doing is crying about the Jew, right? And, I'm, and I don't have enough, I don't have enough, uh, Hello? Oh, are you there, man? Oh, Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I was a little yeah, scared there. <laughs> yeah, this is this is fucking bullshit, man. I mean, having to, having to rely on doing radio shows on some shit like talk show and and blah blah blah. But anyway, it gets really old. You know, you got Bill White, a Jew, leading around these fucking white people, right? Then you got Frank White in Skokie, Illinois, leading around hundreds of these fucking people all over. And by the way, by the way, go look at Frank Cohen who calls himself Frank, Frank Collins. <clears throat> I want you to go back and I want you to look at the, at, the, uh, at the video of Frank Collins. Look at the black and white one especially. Find black and white video of Frank Collins or what Frank Collins, the Jew, leading around all these white nationalists. And by the way, you know where they love to do this shit? Where they feel safe in Jewish communities. And all the Jews know it's a setup. But guess what? People like the guy that... that uh, didn't feel like doing the show tonight. He can't figure out it's all of them, right? Even as they paint swastikas everywhere and everything themselves. But the point is, if you go look at Frank Cohen, he looks exactly like Andre in the facial area, except for Andre has a nigger nose, okay? So if you just, 
erase the nigger nose and look at Frank Cohen and look at him in his face, he looks just like Andre. They look similar. Now, Frank Cohen was a Jew running around leading all these white people, and I don't get it. I still to this day don't understand how a person who supposedly is Jew-wise cannot hear the, 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 the nasal tone and the sound that a Jew makes when they speak or when they can look at the physical features of a person and see that they're a Jew or potentially a Jew or their actions and see that they're potentially a Jew or just look them right in the face and see that guy's a Jew. Right? You look at Frank, you look at Frank Collins, supposedly. Right. You can't look. What, the first time I ever saw that guy, I saw he was a Jew. But all these white people want to say it's the Jew. But you know, another thing I learned about Frank Collins could be the same thing that's going on right now. If you go back and look at a lot of the people, just like the people at Charlottesville, I was looking at people at Charlottesville. They all had a bunch of buzz cuts and they didn't have beards. But if you look at a lot of them with them torches, they look like fucking Jews. Now, Antifa on the other side, the people in the black mask, they were, they were definitely Jews. And we got them passing out communist uh, newspapers, all kinds of shit, right? Because all you got to do is just go look at the videos, Antifa unmask. Somebody, some, some naive Joe, don't even know who he's following with the camera. He's just following the person to see what they destroy next and then get them without their mask on or whatever. He doesn't know he's uncovering another Jew-spiracy. So that's what was happening during Charlottesville. When I go back and I look at the black and white of, of Frank Collins, here's the difference. During Frank Collins' days, you've got to go look yourself. And if you can spot a Jew when you see a Jew, if you're not a dumbass that, can't, that can see a Jew when you see one, you will see exactly what you're looking at. Except these Jews with Frank Collins, they didn't have the military buzz cuts. They had, they had the hippie hairstyle. But even though they tried to look hippieish, you could see all these people. But by the way, just like with Charlottesville, I seen with the people who were the, the Charlottesville incident and all of the Antifa incidents, you had Jews on both sides. You had Jews that were part of the defense, uh, the Jewish Defense League, pretending to be, well, they were Antifa behind the black mask. And then even though there were some that were black masks, there were, there were some on the other side that were also Jewish Defense League. They were pl playing both sides across the middle. And what's this all about, white man? What is this all about, white nationalist? This is all about something that is growing here, which is white nationalism, which is the awakening of people's uh, consciousness across the board. And so the Jews see this happening. So what's the best thing to do is to take control of the movement and to show you in the most stupidest, ignorant, hateful, embarrassing light to fellow white folks and just anyone that, even myself, who's a national socialist, that's a no-no. I can see, look, what's going on here. And the fact that you're seeing behavior like that, Anyone that is smart enough to come to the realization of National Socialism, you could never be so stupid to think that those kinds of actions would actually advance what you're trying to do. So it should be obvious what is going on. But again, once again, even if it's obvious, they're too weak to open their mouth or fight against it, right? And then you have another group. 
you have, if you notice all these groups, they're like playing in shit. What group of people on the planet love to waller and shit and think shit and, and division and frustrations and confusions of shit is, is, is enjoyable for them to see, right? Because that's what's going on here. And you know what? I don't, I hardly ever, and if I do hear a white person speak against uh, what's going on, it's always because of something the other side did. It's not the fact that they're being controlled from the outside. And every one of these people that I've seen that are new, I think the guy's name is Jason Kessler. I don't keep up with these things. I do what I do. But this Jason Kessler guy, uh, he was another one of these leaders over at Charlottesville. I don't, I've never, he doesn't look Jewish. He looks a little bit Asian, kind of like um, Andre's sister a little bit. But the mm-hmm. thing is, he had a Jewish girlfriend, right, supposedly. Oh, well, we'll have to get to that later. But anyway, uh, Jason Kessler had a Jewish girlfriend, and supposedly he dumped her because she was not, liberal and left enough for him. And and so therefore, he dumped her. But then after, after he couldn't go uh, extreme enough left, now he wants to go extreme enough right. Now, the interesting thing about that is, as we'll read as, as we go in this Andre article, is that's exactly what happened in Andre's left life. He's a complete leftist, leftist Jew, it looks like. I have no documentation to prove he is one, but my oh my, in his school photos, does this man look like a Jew? And I got to say, guys, looking at his actions, I got to say they very, they look very, very, very Jewish. And by the time this, this show is done, you're going to know that Andre is being paid by the Jews. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be an interesting show. So I hate, I hate to be long-winded, but I thought we needed to, to like, you know, put that out there before we move forward because anyone, and one last point, anyone that has so much to say about this show or anything, I don't want to hear you talking about it with someone else because I keep on seeing that time and time again. Someone wants to talk to someone else about what I said, Right. Or even with Andre, with what Andre said, they don't want to come talk to me about what Andre said. No, no, no. No, no. They want to keep talking to other people, not not the person that Andre talked to about it. No, because you know why? They are fucking deceivers, and they can't be trusted. They are not truthful. That's why they don't want to come see me. They're too afraid of losing. So either either they're they're afraid because they know they're too stupid to get into an intellectual discussion, right? Or... They're just dishonest, or maybe they're paid. There's a, there's a, there could be numerous reasons why they are. But one thing is for sure, I've, I've been seeing a lot of talking about what I say with other people. Why don't you come talk to me about it if you're not a fucking coward? Come, come talk to me, because I've been waiting for seven years for someone to, to make me look like I don't know what I'm talking about. And if someone got that show to show me where I wasn't, you know, where I lost a debate, Please post it because I want to see it. So, so with that said, if anyone has anything to say, don't go talk to someone else about me. Come talk to me about it. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I think I finally got in on the call here. Well, I don't, I don't know who you are. 
I don't know who you are. Yeah, this, is, this is alternative equilibrium. We were talking earlier. And okay, well, wait, okay well, hold on. Hold on now. Hold on now, guy. Okay, so you got to wait your turn now. You just can't jump on and just start talking all of a sudden because you decided you want to talk now. Uh, uh, Wolf Slayer is getting ready to read an article, and we got some things to cover. Now, if you got something to say as we go along, you're welcome to put in your white two cents. But right now he's reading an article, and and um, if you could, uh, George, read that in like you see it's almost like in sections, like in four or five inch sections or whatever. Mm-hmm. Kind of read it like that so we can go over each particular point, and hopefully they're not too long, as far mm-hmm. because wow, there's some stuff to cover on on just yeah. every aspect of that thing. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, just the fact that it took you hours just to read it and not you know to extrapolate. I mean, it can go on for. Well, the, thing, well, the thing is, after shows up. Yep. Well, the the well, the analyzation is pretty much it was not completely done, but enough of it that we would know what our talking points would go would be going forward in the show. I like to think, keep things pretty spontaneous, so I hope we can still do that. But go ahead. Okay. Um, what are we going to? Oh, yeah. And this article that we're talking about is called "The Making of an American Nazi" by the website The Atlantic. And um, right up front, it says the title. And at the bottom, it just says, how did Andrew Anglin go from being an anti-racist vegan to the alt-right most vicious troll and propagandist and how he might be stopped? Now, right there, it's bullshit. And, you know, like I, if, you read, if we read the entire article, we're not going to find anything, you know, because, I mean, I'm going to get in ahead of myself, but, like, I'm just going to let the people know this person right here doesn't give a good explanation of how he made that switch. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, the beginning. Um, later on, it just says, on December, you know, is this even Okay. On December 17, 2017, Tanya Garas answered her phone and heard gunshots startled. She hung up Garas. A real estate agent who lives in Whitefish, Montana, assumed it was a plane call. But the phone went again. More gunshots again. She hung up another call. This time she heard a man's voice. This is how we can keep the Holocaust alive. <laughs> he said, we can bury you without touching you. When guards put down the phone, her hand was shaking. She was one of only about 100 Jews and whitefish in the surrounding Flathead Valley. And she knew there were white nationalists and Sovereign citizens, quote unquote, in the area. But Garris had lived in Whitefish for more than 20 years since just after college and had always considered this Phoenix Beach town an ideally place. She didn't even have a key to her house and she never felt that. Need to lock her door. Not a sense of security was about to be shattered. Okay. So, um, first of all, I think that uh, just for for the listeners, I think that uh, they should go and check and see what the town of Whitefish, uh, what the population is, and um, just to see just to see what the the population is of the Jews compared to the general public. And uh, Richard Spencer, she said her, her uh, now her sense of security was shattered. The calls marked the start of a month-long campaign of harassment orchestrated by Andrew Anglin, the publisher of the world's biggest neo-Nazi website, The Daily Stormer. He claimed that Gersh was trying to extort a property sale from Sherry Sprintz, whose son was Richard Spence. 
um, was another prominent white nationalist and the face of the so-called alt-right movement. Um, well, I would say that, uh, okay, all right. So Spence had a long-standing uh, ties to Whitefish, and Richard had gained a base there for years, but he gained international notoriety just after the 2016 elections for giving a speech in Washington, D.C., in which he declared, Hail Trump, promoting Nazi salutes from his audience. In response, some Whitefish residents considered protesting in front of a commercial building Sherry owned. Okay, now let's stop right there real quick. Okay, what Richard Spence does has absolutely no reflection on his mother other than say she didn't bring him up correctly, maybe. But, but if she is not involved with this shit and she's just doing her own thing, and for the Jews to go and, uh, you know, you know, protest her business or whatever, I, I think would be uh, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Why? Why are they it's, doing that? What? What? See, hold on. It's guilt hold by on. association. That's what they're doing. They don't well, okay. care. Okay. <laughs> but my point is, why not? Why did they turn to his mother? Why not go to Richard Spence residence himself and go and chant down his door? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. She. She. It's. You know. She's guilty by association because it's his mother. Yeah. For weak people, that's good enough. Or haters. But the thing is, is that uh, why not deal with him directly? Yeah. I think that's very. I, and, and I don't see that. I, I think that's very suspect. Now, supposedly, it goes on to say that uh, this was an extortion. According to Gersh, Sherry sought her advice, and Gersh suggested that she sell the property and make and make a donation to charity and denounce her son's white national views, well, it, it could possibly sound like a shakedown. Now, I can tell you this. I've never, ever, other than seen his name and seen his face, I really have never heard anything that's come out of Richard Spence's mouth. But I can tell you out the gate, he's highly suspect, okay? Because, because here's why. How stupid do you got to be? Um, you go to a Trump rally, is it really necessary to do Nazi salutes if you're not going to explain in detail, like that would be the forum to do it anyway. The point is, is this shit don't even sound right. It just sounds like, you know, it's going to get, it's Hegelian dialectics at the lowest level. So anyway, moving forward, at the time, Richard Spence and Andrew Anglin barely knew each other. Spencer fancied himself white nationalist leading intellectual uh, cloaks his racism in highbrow arguments. Well, if he's got some highbrow arguments, I talk pretty dumb. Come see me, Richard. Let's have a good talk. Um, Anglin prefers the gutter, reveling in the vile language common on the worst internet message boards. But Spence and Anglin had appeared together on a podcast the day before Sherry's Medium post was published and expressed their mutual admiration, um, declaring it a historic occasion and a step uh, toward greater unity. Now, here's the thing. This was done the day before the release of this post where Gersh had issued threats and she wrote a post on Medium on December 15th accusing her of an attempted shakedown. So it seems like everything's getting the stage set for what's about to come. They're already merging their friendship the day before. The next day, this article is being released 
why the fuck are you going to his mom's house in the first place? Why not, um, what's his name? Because it all sounds good. It was in the spirit of Anglin's doxed. Gersh and her husband Judah, as well as other Jews in Whitefish, had published their contact information and other personal details on his website. He plastered their photographs in yellow stars emblazoned with Jude and posted a picture of Gersh's 12-year-old son superimposed on the gates of Auschwitz. He commanded his readers, his storm troll army, to hit him up. All of you deserve a bullet through your skulls, one stormer said in an email. Put up your uppity slut wife Tanya's. Uh, uh, put your uppity slut wife Tanya back in her page, uh, cage. You rat face kike. Another wrote to Judah. Okay, we can go through all that stuff, right? But anyway, over the next week, stormers besieged the whitefish businesses, human rights groups, city council members, anyone potentially connected to the targets. A single harasser called Judah's office more than 500 uh, times in three days, according to Whitefish Police. Gersh's home. Uh, came home one night to find her husband sitting at the at in the at the dark, at home in the dark, suitcases on the floor, wondering whether they should flee. I have never been so scared in my entire life, she later told me. That Anglin, a 33-year-old college dropout, could unleash so much mayhem. Whitefish uh, Fish Police Chief Bill Dial likened it to domestic terrorism was a sign of just how emboldened the alt-right had become. Yeah, if they were only that fucking tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Anglin is an idolatry, you know, and I'm not, saying none of, I'm not saying they ain't out there. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me twisted. They're, they're just not the ones on the front line. Anglin is an ideolo- uh, ideological descendant of such men as George Lincoln Rockwell, who created the American Nazi Party in the late 1950s, and William Luther Pierce, who founded the National Alliance, a powerful white nationalist group in the 1970s. Anglin admired these predecessors. That's a fucking lie. Andre, Andre Anglin admired Iconoclast. It's who he admired, and you can, go, you, can go, you can go listen to it at my radio show, but that's a whole other story. Who saw themselves as revolutionaries at the vanguard of a movement to take down, uh, take back the country? He dreamed, he dreamed of, of violence, uh, of a violent insurrection. But anyway, we can continue on. Uh, next little paragraph, we just missed one. He also arrived at a more futurious moment. Anglin and his ilk like to talk about Overton Window, a term that describes the range of acceptable discourse. Man, they're not even their their talk is not dangerous. Their talk is uh, not dangerous to the enemy. Their talk is dangerous to them, because the world's ran by you know the world is you know you gotta you gotta rock the cult group in the in the in the right way, guys. You're not moving the cult group in your direction. They've been tugging at the window for years, only to watch with surprise and delight as it flew wide open. Yeah, right. Um, during the Donald Trump candidacy. Oh man, wow. Do you really think so, guys? Wake up. Suddenly, it was okay to talk about banning Muslims or casting out Mexicans. Real quick, um, I'm for banning Muslims. I'm a ban on Muslims right now. I don't want to sound discriminatory. Um, I, you know, I think that people should try and make their own country better. For one, I don't think they should try to make America, um, the Middle East, and you know, implement Sharia law or whatever else they want. You know, and I'm not trying to infringe them, but if they want to do that, do work we're doing that's acceptable and people won't have a problem with it. That's the whole purpose of, you know, see, this is the problem and why they've, you know, ran with what 
National Socialism is trying to say, and that is it's easier when you have a, a culture, not even, they don't even, wouldn't even have to necessarily to be the same race necessarily, even though at some level in America, we're going to have to deal with that, that issue. But just like the white folks in Germany, uh, you know, you could have cast them all as white folks. Jews like to even claim that they are white folks also, but the reality is there are different clans of white individuals. They're not all the same. And that, and even though they were all in Germany, they still were Germans, but they were not all of the same white folks. They, yeah. they, they had, yeah. So the bottom line is it's more yeah, than Paul, just race. Just one more thing, though. Just one more thing, though. Um, Hitler even banned certain, um, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was basically some scientific uh, societies that were like about trying to study the German genome, something like that. And the reason he did that was because he didn't want there to be disunity among the Germans because he even knew that not all Germans were exactly the same. And that's why he had to, you know, get rid of it. Yeah, and uh, and they were smart enough to know um, um, like the posters were saying that you had um, found, you know, that all these different groups have their own, what would be called subhuman. So, you know, you really got to live in reality when you're talking about what is superior. And, uh, you know, that's why genetics to some degree is important. You know, when we talk about genetics, we're not talking about uh, Frankenstein doctors running around looking for DNA. We're talking about you know, just what you can see, what, you know, you can, you can just look at individuals and say, you know, what you're looking for in individuals right now. There's a lot of shallow thinking about that kind of stuff. A lot of, a lot of people are just looking for um, nice boobs or, you know, some people are looking, it's all, it's all according to who you are. Some people are looking for intelligence. Some people are able to uh, see what they're looking for. It's not something that, you know, I guess some scientists out there would have the word for what I'm trying to say right now, but it, it goes beyond just talking about body parts. It's, it's um, there's a, there's a, a level of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but there's like a, something like telekinesis going on between individuals. Um, I know that sounds kind of I don't know. Some people might know what I'm talking about. You know, there's certain things you can understand about human beings, just like uh, I'm going to put it in the same realm or in the context as when you just think about some someone and the next thing you know, they're calling you. I mean, how many times have you ever, I do it quite frequently, talk, think about someone and boom, the phone call comes through. Yeah. Right? Over and over too. and over. Now that's because yeah. there's some kind of communications going on at another level. And, uh, you know, it's like talking about metaphysics. You're not able, you're not at an intelligent level, maybe, just like we're learning. You know, right now we're in 2000, uh, almost 18, you know. We know a lot more in certain ways than people did back in the 1900s as far as what we're trying to talk about right now. So maybe in the next 50 years someone will, you know, know exactly what we're talking about if we don't turn into a bunch of AI slaves. And, um, you know, I don't think that will happen, you know. I'm not going. I'm not the one. People keep on talking about microchips and this and that. Are you going to be the one that's going to do it? I mean, I, I think people that fall victim to this stuff about, oh, they got this, they got that, they got the FEMA con- concentration camps. That's because you don't have the blue, the Bruce Lee technique. Yeah, they got the FEMA concentration camps with the caskets, but guess what? It's the Jews going into them again. They don't. They, they don't have the Bruce Lee full like water technique yet. So, 
I mean, this you know, there's no reason to worry about FEMA camps in America. I mean, do you have the will to make America great again? Mm-hmm. Is what I would say to them, or make the world great again? Yeah. I mean, we got we got two ways we can go now. We can go up or we can go down. I mean, right now we have a lot of people. I mean, remember you sent me that that uh, video and you asked me what I thought about um, about um, what that shit was that internet fucking um, what was it again? Uh, what thing? Oh, about net neutrality. Yeah, net neutrality. You asked me what I thought about it, mm-hmm. and I told you, you know, I didn't, I didn't really put too much too two cents into it. You know, I really didn't think that uh, it would go through because I think people love the internet too much and they would, uh, you know, they would go ahead and, you know, fight against them. But I, but I said that if it did go through, I said that if it did go through, it would prove that people would be happy um, with only being able to use Twitter and following Twitter's rules. And, you know, if if you, you know, talking about Overton Window, shut up. You know, look at Twitter, talking about, you know, okay, anyway. So anyway, you know, if they if they would be happy with letting Twitter decide what they thought, then we would see the society go towards that. But right now I think um, we're still on the winning side. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's proceed with that article. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his writings tap, uh, talking about Andre, his writings taps into some of the same anxieties and resentments that helped carry Trump's, uh, carry Trump to the presidency. I wouldn't say that that's what, it wasn't that. What carried Trump to the presidency was the fact that Americans were looking to, you know, stop selling out to the rest of the world. And they didn't want a yeah. bunch of immigrants coming in here. And some of them were smart enough. What I was talking about with these Muslim immigrants is I'm not against Muslims necessarily coming here just as this uh, for general purposes. What the, the uh, if they can follow the American way of life and freedom and, and our you know constitutional and, and bill of rights. I mean, oh, you know, I don't have a, a problem like that. But as far as uh, um, them coming here just to um, you know, escape, you know, their way of life or whatever. I don't, I don't really see that. I mean, the reason why I don't, I don't get stuck heavily in certain ways about immigration is because, um, going other places and going to other countries around the world, I've seen just as many Americans that can't wait to get out of America and go live somewhere better, like on a white sand beach you know, with crystal clear water rather than, I don't know, live, I don't know, in a dump somewhere. I don't know. So I've seen a lot of people that can't wait to leave America. So I'm not, like, big on immigration just in that sense. But as far as Muslims, I am worried about uh, Muslims that uh, could come here and do some kind of terrorist act, you know, for the, you know, for the people controlling the government, for lack of better words. You know, of actually for the first time have a legitimate serious terrorist attack that they can document. It won't be like the false flag uh, shootings that have been happening, but it'd be something that they can say, see, it wasn't false flag this time. It really happened. And go ahead and, um, you know, start taking away more of our rights or, you know, whatever comes next. Mm -hmm. But anyway, here here we go with uh, 
Andre, so six days into Whitefish campaign, Anglin announced phase two, an unarmed protest. Montana has extremely liberal open carry laws, um, he wrote on the Daily Stormer. Um, my lawyer is telling me we can easily march through the center of town carrying high-powered rifles. Now, look, do you, do you hear how over the top? Now, this is an actual quote from Andre. Do you just hear how over the top? Why, why is that really necessary for you to walk through Whitefish, Montana, because some real estate Jew woman had maybe shook, shook down or tried to shake down some lady to sell her property? Now, is it really necessary to do that? No, it's not necessary, and, and it would be a waste of resources and a waste of energy. It would not accomplish anything but, once again, hustle you backwards. But anyway, he, he says that's what he wants to do, and everyone is supposedly for it. I don't think most white people will, but let's continue. He schedules the event for January 16th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and predicted that 200 people would show up for a James Earl Ray Day extravaganza in honor of the assassination of King, basically. He, pro he promised to bust in skinheads from the Bay Area. Man, this seems so Jewish because, because if, you, if you go back and look at any, any time that they do stuff like this, we could go back when the Jews had that group called the, um, the Bajwan Sri Rashnish, where they had the, the Osho guy, um, Bhagwan, I don't know if you remember him. He was a he was a big time philosopher, very uh, very good with philosophy. You had to you had to be a good intellectual martial arts artist, you know what I mean, to, to defeat that guy. But anyway, his name was Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, and they and they left India, and they took over Antelope uh, Antelope, Oregon, or someplace out there, so, uh, and somewhere out out in the Midwest. So what they did was to take over the town. And by the way, this guy was promoted by the Jews, by the way. I'm not joking. The Jews put out uh, tapes. They put out books. Uh, they, they did everything to, to make this guy like some guru meditation up, leader. Right? Yeah, to build him up really good. And uh, so anyway, one of the tactics they used was they were going to bust in people from, you know, uh, or what they did was actually bust in people from other homeless people and shit like that and bust them in and made it seem like they had this big uh, uh, bunch of residents out of their ranch and they had them all uh, as residents and got them to vote in the elections and took over the town. So, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be surprising for them to say they're going to bust in skinheads. And once again, once again, skinheads are not national socialists. I would call skinheads a real embarrassment. So let's, let's continue. As national leaders <laughs> picked up the story, frightened, I love this part, frightened whitefish residents gathered for a community meeting where Dial, the police chief, saw a 90-year-old Jewish couple trembling with fear. So I guess she she went to the Daily Stormer and saw at 90 years old what they were doing. Yeah. Some people had a lot of just love to use the internet. Am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most 90-year-old people are on the internet um, trembling with fear because of what they saw. Anyway, so a rabbi had a paranoid vision of skinheads in the woods with night vision goggles and uh, scope weapons and uh, the police uh, increased patrol. So look at this. Guys, do, do we really think that rabbis are really worried? I mean, do you really think skinheads are in the woods with high-powered rifles? Have we heard about this? Where are they at right now? I don't know. But supposedly they're in Whitefish coming. 
So anyway, um, Montana Governor Steve Bullock swooped into town, as did representatives of the Anti-Defamation League and the president of the World Jewish Congress. Now check this out. Now what happens? Now this, this is facts. Montana Steve Bullock swooped into town, as did representatives of Anti-Defamation League and the president of the World Jewish Congress demanded that authorities halt the march calling it a dangerous and life-threatening rally that puts all Americans at risk like they give a fuck. Anglin stoked the hysteria by claiming that European nationalists, along with Hamas representatives and members of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, were coming too. Nothing could stop us, he declared. Now, guys, white folks, the ones that, that showed up for the Charlottesville, all of you, which I'm glad somebody need to keep that statue up there, Robert E. Lee. I'm all for that. But the point is, keep listening. In the end, no one showed up. No European nationalists, no Hamas representatives, no armed skinheads. There was no march on whitefish. Instead, Anglin slunk away, having panicked a small town for, for months. <laughs> Yes, the white fish attack centered its reputa- uh, cemented his reputation as the troll master of the alt-right. And I'd like to say that um, I guess Andre saw how effective it was of uh, him and Scott Roberts both after um, me and a gentleman named Luke had wore their asses out um, for bearing fault with, uh, well, for me personally, for bearing false witness on myself just to cover up his cowardice acts because he can't own his own living being. So he has to make up, Andre Anglin we're talking about, has to make up lies that shows were edited or he was drunk on shows or I love this one, which is possible. Um, His views changed in less than four months from one side, right, guys? Because remember, if you listen to the shows, he was still talking that liberal communist we need to all be cavemen, the technologies. And then after a few shows with me, and I got, and he finally got it sunk in correctly with good teaching. Supposedly now he goes to the left, and he did go to the left. I mean, to the right. He he um he, first he came up with reality of the situation because I'm the gentleman that uh, you know he was learning from. You can go right to my website and hear hear out of his own mouth that I have the best radio show on the planet, not the most amazing, not the most efficient, not the most entertaining, but if you're looking for information and results on how to get them, I'm interested in creating leaders, okay? And that's what I do. And not because I don't want to lead myself. Of course, I'm leading right now. But I'm not into the Martin Luther King where we are looking for you, Martin Luther King, and we're all looking for you, John Lennon. And you get shot, and like you don't know what to do next. So this is this is you know this is what happens in the involvement of understanding how to get results. The cult member method, cult leader method, doesn't work. But you guys are still doing it. I don't even know why you're promoting Andre Anglin. I don't know why you wouldn't want to run and flee and say get away from us. You know, no, that's not what you do. I don't hear that out there. Never heard it, except from the left. So anyway. Um, so much more I'd love to tell you. Uh, Whitefish attacks cemented his reputation as a troll master of the alt-right. 
it lifts them wondering about the movement's commitment to its cause. Yeah, right. Was this all just a sick joke? Well, yeah, it was, guys. Over, we'll talk about that later. Over the coming months, however, Andre Anglin continued to build his audience and urge his followers to take their hate offline into the real world. In August, when white nationalists actually did stage a major rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, many of his readers were there chanting slogans he had coined. The alt-right, it became clear, was coming off the message boards and into the streets. I then had spent some months, uh, I had spent some months reporting on Anglin, trying to understand who he was and how he built such a following as well as how serious of a threat he was and the rest of the alt-right actually posed, Anglin's path to white nationalism was disturbing. And more circuitous, I guess I'm pronouncing that right, I guess it's uh, circular, I guess I don't know what they're trying to mean there, than I could have imagined, but it, it fit a pattern that scholars have identified in that he seems to have been driven, at least initially, more by a desire for status and belonging than by a deeply held belief. Anglin wanted to be someone, and the internet gave him away. Columbus, Ohio, is a funky, still kind of gritty city. And I went there in January. I don't know who's making all the racket, but you're going to stop right now. Okay, I think we got that covered. Um, you in here yet, Andre? Uh, Forty-five protesters, some with black masks covering their faces, gathered outside a drab two-story building in Worthington, a suburb of Columbus, where Anglin's father, Greg, runs a Christian counseling service. Guys, it gets better. Um, and by the way, when you go look at this this photo that they give in this particular article, um, one of them has a black mask, and he definitely, just looking at his eyes, I mean, he could be Caucasian, but he could be a Jew. And the fact he's you got a black you know mask. You know what, that guy? Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that guy with the mask, if you look at his nose very closely, it's hook-shaped even. Yeah, it I'm does look hook-shaped. Yeah, it does look hook-shaped, but it could be from tension from that mask on. But either way, the fact that he has a mask on, I mean, what kind of character actor are you doing right there? You can't show your face. I mean, maybe there might be a reason for that, but... Uh, what get, what leads me to think he's a Jew is just looking in his eyes. I mean, he has those kind of uh, those kind yeah. of uh, Jewy eyes, uh, and the guy next to him is obviously definitely a Jew. That you can see his face. Anyway, um, they're protesting outside of England. Takes Nazi dollars. Okay, great. He spent two seconds with a white piece of paper. Wrote that real quick. Um, Anglin has long kept his own location secret. For years, he floated around Europe, and one family member told me that around 2015, he was holed up in in Russia, his last known foreign address. Okay, his, Andre's last known foreign address was Russia. Remember that, guys. Another source showed me Facebook messages from Anglin's childhood best friend that indicated Anglin was still living there last year. Okay. 
Now, this guy, I'm, I'm assuming that everything this man is saying is facts in this article, um, especially where the quotes are around it. But even what he's speaking is facts. He's not saying allegedly in any of this that I can see. It's all supposedly facts. So I'm pretty sure he can back up all of this. Or, you know, he, you know, the Atlantic or him would definitely have a lawsuit. Um, but anyway, I just want to state that. Um, but he insisted... He, but he, he maintained a footprint in Columbus, though his father, who has said he was not really, I love this part, his father said he was not really involved with Andres or Andy's fight. Yeah, he's not really involved. What does that mean, guys? In fact, Greg was involved. He'd registered the Daily Stormer's trade name and filed paperwork for his son's limited liability corporation. Moon Base Holding, a likely reference to a conspiracy theory that Hitler survived World War II by escaping to a secret lunar, lunar base. Yeah. Now, guys, there's a, there's a group of people that like to mock things because mockery is part of being satanic. Um, that's just a guess, though. Uh, no payment processor would touch Daily Stormer, but Anglin had little trouble raising money. Since 2014, he has been taking in about $250,000 worth of Bitcoin uh, cryptocurrency. What I like to call cyber shekels, guys. And cyber shekels, I don't know. I don't know. Only a Jew could be with you with Hollywood, because Hollywood was what Merlin's the magician's magic wand was made from. I don't know how anyone could ever in your wildest fucking dreams tell you that a cryptocurrency is more anonymous than a paper $100 bill. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Anyway, uh, I've been hearing a lot of that lately, and they haven't figured out it's cyber shackles. Uh, from unknown sources, according to John Bambeck. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, did he give me some information. A cybersecurity who had been tracking neo-Nazi Bitcoin wallets. Well, how the hell can you do that? I thought it was anonymous. Anglin urges readers to send checks. If you, have, if you, can, you can step in here at any time you want to if you're reading along. And um, mm-hmm. I'm reading the article, George, so if you see anybody that got their hand up in the, in the chat room or whatever, mm-hmm. they got something to say. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and if, uh, if anyone has anything to say, you're welcome to um, step in, too. Anyway, Anglin had his first uh, – let me see here. Anglin's urged his readers to send checks as well. Those donations went to Greg's office which was why the protesters had gathered here. Look, look, guys. First, first, um, Richard's mom gets it. Now his dad gets it, guys. Are you guys figuring out anything here yet? So let's keep going. Columbus chapter of anti-racist action, a national anti-fascist network. I mean, codenamed Jews, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. if you hear anti-racist, anti-fascist, the only people that are anti-fascist and are the leaders of punk rock are Jews. The Jews love some punk rock music. And most of them, most of the, the punk rock bands are Jews. 
Anyway, just a side note. Um, Anglin had first come to my attention in the summer of 2015. He had endorsed. He had endorsed. Uh, Not again, what the hell? Okay, so he um, I had oh, a call okay. coming in. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I just had a I just had a, a call come in, guys. Sorry about that. Um so anyway, uh where was that? Uh yeah. Anything anytime you hear anti fascist or communist or or um anarchist, man. Those those are code words for you're dealing with Jews for future references. Guys, wake the fuck up. Anglin had first come to my attention in 2015 after he had endorsed Trump on the Daily Stormer. When I interviewed him over the email for Huffington Post last year, he lied to me repeatedly about his site traffic numbers, his financing, his location. Before that article came out, he falsely accused me on the Daily Stormer of fabricating information from the FBI. Ah, fuck. Um, more than once, he offered to walk him through my reporting, but he refused to hear me out. He also refused numerous requests to talk to me for this article. Bitch, Luke O'Brien, the motherfucker who... Listen, guys, at this stage, let me tell you what they did. Before they put this article out, all of my RS feeds that were up there, that had been up there for a while, forever, and they were just up here just before this article broke, they all just disappeared, right? They're no longer available, but the link has something to do with Amazon, and I don't know if it has anything to do with Alexis and all this shit and what role Amazon plays, but it's just kind of funny. And uh, anyway, the other thing is, you could go to archive.org and go look at all of the old iconoclassradio.com information, but they also scrubbed that too. Now, I'm thinking because um, they probably want to um, not be able to say, hey, look, this is where this guy really comes from. They want to give Andre legitimacy, and who knows? It could have been some of, some of Andre's um, Jewish hacker friends. Okay, that could have been involved with this. It doesn't have, you know, this is the Jews. Wherever the conspiracy lies, it's not the federal government, it's the Jews. Okay, so if it's, it's the government, no, it's not the government, it's the Jews that are doing this shit to, to the, anyone that's, you know, fully aware of what's going on. I've had my website um, hacked before and, and couldn't get it to operate right and, uh, you know, had to figure out all that shit. Uh, necessity is the mother of, of invention, they say. But yeah, I just wanted to note that, that they had went and taking down all the, the shows and uh and I'm and of course because you can go back because some of those links were actually the links I had links to those shows at my website. So when you go there to go hear Andre go through his transformation where it really took place, um, as far as from left to right, they can't mention that, which is cool because now we get to do shows like this that exposes more than just that. And like I said, his Jewish financiers, his Jewish pals, his Jewish handlers, and how this is whole how this whole thing is a Jewish operation. So anyway, um, where were we at? Uh, anyway, since our last exchange, I'd watched him tire, tirelessly spew hatred while boasting that only bullets could stop him. But he never came out. 
from behind his keyboard. And although he showed a, no scruples about smearing other others and flagging them for harassment, he became wildly defensive when anyone dared to examine his life. The Daily Star had become argu- arguably the leading hate site on the Internet, and yes, that is true. But um, one point I wanted to make about his websites, first he had the, um, the reality of the situation. That's because if you go back and listen to all my shows, man, time and time again, I would always say it's the reality of the situation. And because Andre Anglin was such a fan, and you can go to my website right now under Andre's own page, um, and hear Andre say that I'm the greatest radio show uh, host that he's ever heard, and there is no close second as far as information, as far as what matters, as far as gaining results, just like you can pretty much see here, I would say, because um, I know I don't have anywhere else to get them from, and I don't think any white nationalist has anywhere else to get them from, but here um, they had to rely on what was given to them by someone um, to some level. When Andre became someone that was bought and paid for by Jews, I would think um, when he transformed from total fascism to the Daily Stormer, because, but I, but I don't know. I don't know for sure, because the, the one thing about the, the total fascism, it looked eerily from, uh, similar to another Jew-controlled uh, opposition, Bill White, his his site called Over Overturn or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, his site looked uh, just like Andre's as far as the the the, the site theme. So um, who knows? But I noticed that after the uh, Daily Stormer came around, there was all these fucking traffic numbers. Like it was big and popular, and they had all these these list of uh, article writers like just out of nowhere. Overnight, this shit popped up. And uh, so, you know, I didn't really put a lot of emphasis in it then, right? But I will say that um, there are people that witness and know this to be a fact, that for some reason, Andre told me that he could get me an interview with David Rockefeller. And I, and I said, I, have no, I, have, I had no reason to want to fucking talk with David Rockefeller. This is not entertainment. I don't do this. Just for the fuck off. What am I going to ask? Am I going to am I going to interrogate David Rockefeller and somehow David Rockefeller is going to change his fucking mind? Nah. All I do is just draw uh, needless attention to my fucking self, right? Of course. So so of course. But but most definitely, there are people that witness that. Um, also, they, they forgot to mention that somehow um, Greg Anglin has connections not just to male. Uh, strip clubs, uh, gay strip clubs, but also um, they mentioned that fact, but they forgot to mention that he's somehow connected to the um, the United Nations some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, moving forward, um, since our last exchange, I watched him blah, 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 fly. Okay. Um, the leading hate site on the internet, far surpassing Stormfront. Oh, by the way, that's another place that's a, a, a Yehudi operation. Um, whose message boards had brought white nationalism into the digital age back in the 1990s. But I'll tell you what, all those kind of boards, I'll tell you what, if you ever want to have a good, ridiculous laugh about some stupid, hateful individuals, because I remember um, Anthony Hilder, you probably don't remember this guy too much. You probably know who he is, but 
worldwide uh, alliance or something message board, right? And back then, you didn't need to sign in and all that shit. Anyone could just post up pictures, anything. And some of the, you know, some of it, it was a good place to just get a good rolling laugh. I mean, you never laughed till you cried so much in your life on some of that stuff. But some of it, I mean, some of you can laugh off, but some of the, the hatred was was so vile and just so so truly real. Um, I never thought at, at that level that it was Jewish folks. Now, you know, most definitely, most of them. But there are there are people that just hate people for no reason other than they're just weak and they can't, you know, move forward and, and uh, shit like that. But anyway, um, Anglin was a punchy, prof- uh, a punchy, pro- uh, uh, prolific writer who's who's used snark and hyperbole to draw millennium readers, um, non-ironic Nazism masquerading as Nazism was how he described his approach. This guy's such an idiot. Um, Irony gave him cover to claim that he was just kidding around. He cited InfraWars, Vice, and BuzzFeed as inspiration. Where am I at, Andre? Mm -hmm. You never mentioned me, dude. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, But the closet analog in terms of format and tone, he said, was Gawker. Well, I would say what he's doing now, um, yeah, I would agree. I shouldn't be anywhere in that in that category right there. Um, those are they all deserve to be in the same yoke, like the now shutting uh, shuttered gossip site Daily Stormer aggregated the news with attitude. Unlike Gawker, Anglin doctored everything to reflect his own racist worldview. And um, one article. Because I never, I never visited Andre's site. I think I might have visited the Daily Stormer like four times in my life. I mean, I never visited um, just because I wasn't curious about anything he had to say because I knew it wasn't more important to what I was saying. And two, because uh, you know, why would I want to see my ISP number going to a place like that? Get up. <laughs> quite, quite fucking frankly, especially on a regular fucking basis. Hello. Um, so, so anyway, um, but I remember, I think the first time someone said, I need to go there and see a fucking article. It was something where Andre was claiming that white women in Europe were going to Africa to have sex with black guys and that they were bringing back HIV and spreading HIV throughout Europe. Well, I think that, I think that that is, uh, you know, ridiculous. And and talking about he just he just used they just used the words ironic, and it's very ironic that Andre, who spent his whole life, and we will talk about this as we go forward, being a sex tourist, taking advantage of young girls, um, and we're going to talk about this a little tiny bit, um, just a tad. When we get to that point, we'll just go ahead and highlight it. But the point is, this is what this man has done, and now he's got the nerve to go to his site and put that shit up there. And no one checked it, and no one, guess what, none of these, no one, I guess not unless their comments got deleted, um, checked him about this stuff. And uh, and even Scott Roberts, who was kind of was kind of upset with him because Scott Ro- Roberts lost his little pecking order um, when um, they were you know, having that little click going on back then. Um, even he wanted to act like, oh, I'm not, I'm not infighting guys, I'm just trying to be just trying to be like a Jew. You probably are one. 
So anyway, Anglin wrote about his longing for a race war and urged his readers to prepare for combat against nebulous forces unleashed by Jews, the blacks, the Muslims, the Hispanics. What about your own white people? Fucking uh, women, liberals, journalists, anyone who might impede the alt-right assault on the nation. Like like uh, young men on on the extreme right, Anglin had just given up on the idea of the United States as a liberal democracy. He wanted to burn it down to the ground. There is a rapidly approaching there is rapidly approaching a time when every white Western city corpses will be stacked in the streets as high as men can stack them. He wrote, and you are either going to be stacking or get stacked. Well. Andre, you know what stack you're going to be in, right, buddy? <laughs> yes, <duh>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? So, um, anyway, let me see here. There should be more to this story. Is there more to this story? Where are we at? Okay. Uh, um, Anglin's influence extended offline with Daily Stormer Book Club. Oh, I love this part. This is where it starts getting real. When they said they wanted to take it from, brother, this sounds so... This sounds so like a Yehudi setup operation. Anglin's influence extended offline with Daily Stormer Book Club, which he created to engage his followers in the real-world actions. The clubs were small chapters of readers who gathered in uh, cities in the United States, Canada, and other countries. A Columbus group met at a gun range. Now, guys, the interesting reason why this is so important about the gun range in Columbus is oh, because really? when when you, when you go back when you go back to um, um, the Hatar, which was which was also a Jewish operation, and supposedly they were pretending that they were going to shoot um, cops and shit. And guess what? The same place where the the Hataris were doing their gun training at a gun range was the same place where a Nazi, uh, a so-called Nazi who never claimed to, to promote the national socialism in any, in any good light, a man by the name of John Allen Martinson Jr., who used to do the same kind of get-up shit, um, he pretended like he was a he might have been, maybe he, maybe, he, maybe he gave up because he was too weak, but I don't think so. I just think, you know, it looks like he just had a lot of different um, hats he wanted to wear. And, he, and another thing that makes him not look sincere is he was doing a lot of work with the Jewish people. He, he, I've got it. I put it on shows. It's out there. Um, he self-admittedly worked with the JIDF. Um, him, um, along with that girl, Veronica K. Clark, she's another one floating around this movement. And they used to tag around in the early days. They, the two of them used to tag around. Um, even Mike Delaney, some stuff came out about him. But I don't give a shit about all that. These people are insignificant, um, you know, in my view. Tell me how they're significant, if you would, please. Thank you for the missing link that was uh, put out by John Allen Martinson. So I mm-hmm. guess he might have been sincere at some point, but it's obviously that he's not because uh, – or maybe he wasn't. I don't know. You got you, there's levels to this shit, guy. What could look on the surface as being legitimate cannot be. That's why you got to keep your your eyes open and analyze. But um, anyway, the same gun range they 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 show up at a gun range for this book club, 
Well, the same gun range where the Hataris met is the same gun range where John Allen Martinson used to do his, um, you know, used to do the same gun range where the FBI set up the Hataris. And I got to tell you, the first conversation I ever had with John Allen Martinson Jr., it was so, it was so filled with all this inflammatory shit. There is absolutely no way I could have, I could have ever allow that shit to be played. But you know what? I recorded it. I sure enough did. But there's no goddamn way I would ever let someone think I put out a show like what I heard on that show, guys. So all I can tell you is, if you think, how stupid? Does John Allen Martinson look stupid? Do you think? He knows how to do all these websites. He knows how to do all these themes. He knows how to be a nigger. And what is a nigger? A nigger is someone who does the bidding of his master's and I got to tell you, time and time again, even after he's gotten all of his, he got all of his stuff from his bug out bag stolen by Mike Delaney and them. They claimed that he was a crackhead, stole all this shit, didn't give him real good credit for doing the um the nine link the nine eleven missing links. And after crying about all that, he went right back to him. And um, from what I hear, he was helping them some kind of way at some level. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Maybe all this is just third-hand information that's not true. I don't give a fuck about all that, really, but I just thought I'd share it with you because, I mean, I would want someone to tell me about no, what's really you know, going well, on. Yeah, you're right, I mean, but, like, it's not really a rumor because I don't know if you've seen Hellstorm, but that film was done by Renegade, which, yeah, they're pretty much the same people as Scott, Michael, any whatever. But you can hear Jam's voice in it, and if you look at the credits, you see that he was there as one of the people doing the voices. And I, and I've noticed another thing about I noticed another thing about him. I'm gonna tell you another mm-hmm. thing I know about John Allen Martinson Jr. See, they don't they think they don't know who they're playing with. I wish they would get on the air with me. I wish they fucking really play with me, right? But see, they think that they're slick and they're smart. You know, for the longest time, um, well, I didn't did the expose on John Allen Martinson Jr. Um, Mm-hmm. Who knows what all's going on? You can go and look of my experiences with that guy, but I can tell you what they had a lot of information that they compiled. When you go look at the, when you go look at one of the hardest persons to get information on, which is Joe Blow. A lot of people don't even know who he was. He was a hacker, a very guy who was intelligent, and there was a fr- there was a few of us that were really intelligent and knew a lot about this type of information, and very few. Other people did, but for whatever reasons, we all had our own information and knew how to look up information and stuff like that. Well, this guy was one of them, but he was, but he had a history of following all these movements and thinking it's all a joke. You see, you got to watch people that think everything's just a joke and it's just entertainment and they don't take anything serious. Obviously, something's up with that, and Joe Blow was one of them. But my point is this. Um, um, John Allen Martinson and his girl, uh, I don't know if her name was Lydia or whatever it was. Letitia. Um, uh, what was it? Letitia? Letitia. Yeah, yeah Letitia. Um, the two of them, my oh my, did they have a compilation of compiled information on all these people. And any time that they were wanting, um, like if I had had some kind of issue with somebody or whatever, and I had that issue or I wanted the, the information on that, they always had some information that they always said, well, here, um, here's some information you could use too. Yeah. So 
So there were some people, and Joe Blow was the same way too. I don't know what connection. Joe Blow was another one. He went. Joe Blow, as well as myself, had numbers to all kinds of people. Out, you know, I had Alex Jones' uh, personal phone number to his house. I mean, I had a whole compilation. I don't have the. I, I probably I have them, but I don't know if they the, the numbers are still operational or not. But uh, but I don't give a shit. I don't have no reason to call any of these people or even put their information out there like that. But the point is. I would talk with these people, and they would say, "Look, let me give you this." The guy they were telling me that the guy, um, the guy that did missing links, man, they had all kinds of not missing links. The one, the um, the the change documentary, whatever the fuck it was called, um, loose change, loose change. They had so much information, like just horrible information on on um, a couple of those guys that they wanted to share with me. But I wasn't I wasn't interested in. in um, you know, just getting information just for, um, you know, you know, things that didn't matter. I'm not interested in um, what's going on with a person. I'm interested in what their actions are. Um, but they were more interested in other things. But, uh, yeah, these you got to watch those kind of people out there, man. And John Allen Martinson, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's sincere or not. Like, like you're saying to me now, like he was involved with Hellstorm and this and that. Man, the game is deep, guys. The game is deep, just like you're gonna you find out about um, who these people are behind Andre Anglin. So anyway, it goes on. Let's continue, guys. Um, uh, why would I think one of my students would become? I love this part right here. This is I love this here. Here we go. Um, among the protesters in the rain outside of Greg Anglin's office, listen, guys. I met Anglin's preschool teacher. She just so happened to show up to protest against the student that she has so many good things to say about. Listen, guys, Gail Burkholder, who described uh, being shocked when she learned that her former student had grown up to be a notorious national socialist. Well, he's not a national socialist. He's what I'd call a neo-Nazi. He's a Jewish creation to make national socialism look the worst it can look. Um, why would I think one of my students would become a Nazi who wants to kill me? Oh, really? Yeah. Said Burke Holder, who is Jewish. She spotted Anglin's name in the news after Dylan Roof's murder murdered nine black people in Charlotte's, uh, Charlotte, Charleston, uh, South Carolina. Um, Roof reportedly left comments on the Daily Stormer. And he has became a hero to Anglin's readers who honor him with bowl cuts. Now, guys, I don't know who the fuck you people are, but if this is what you do, obviously you're not real about what's going on, right? I mean, this is obvious. So I would say that whoever is doing that, they're there. Whoever you're linking up with that is doing that stuff amongst you, they're there for one reason, to make you look bad. Um, Roof wasn't the only killer who read the Daily Stormer. In 2016, Thomas Mayer, who stabbed a British member of parliament this year, James Michael Harris, was charged with killing a black man with a sword in New York City and cited that the Daily Stormer has an had an ideological influence. Uh, Devon uh, Authors, an 18-year-old former neo-Nazi who converted to Islam, shot and killed two of his three roommates in Tampa, who were still neo-Nazis. Police 
arrested the surviving roommate for hoarding explosive materials. Um, I don't know who the didn't really find out a lot of Um, until the roof massacre, bulk hunters hadn't thought about the adorable, happy-go-lucky boy in her classroom who loved dinosaurs. Anglin was a normal kid back then. Who's oh, he was normal, guys? Because why was he normal? Because he was a, a, a 100% left to the left leaning that you can get. Whose only remarkable quality was his extraordinary nasal voice. Guys, hello, guys. Is it fit? Is it me, guys? Are you getting this yet? It was so bad that Bokholder thought he might have a sinus problem and raised the issue. Girl, shut up. This is your secret way of letting the insiders know. Shut the fuck up. Okay, so um, I love this. Um, raising the issue with his mother, Katie. So Andre's mother's name is Katie. I don't know if her last name's Anglin. At a parent-teacher conference, but that was nearly 30 years ago. Everyone who knew Anglin when he was young seemed to wonder the same thing: what had happened to him, in to turn into a neo-Nazi. Um, by all outward appearances, Andre Anglin, or Andrew Anglin, had an ordinary, comfortable childhood, at least until adolescence. He grew up in a big house in Worthington Hills, an upper-middle-class neighborhood, where he collected Xbox comics, played computer games, ate burgers at the original Wendy's restaurant, and got into music with his best friend, West Emerson. And he loved to read. One book that left a deep impression on him was Weasel which tells the story of a boy in Frontier, Ohio, seeking revenge against a psychopath who, having run out of American Indians to murder, takes to slaughtering white homesteaders. Okay. Okay. Anyway, when Anglin entered Linworth Alternative Program, Columbus's hippie high school, as a freshman, Another student found other students found him quite insecure. Kid who craved attention and wanted to fit in. A declared atheist, he styled his reddish hair into dreadlocks and favorited jeans with fifty inch leg openings. And and he often wore a hoodie with a large fuck racism patch on it. Guys. First of all, let's take this in. Okay, first of all, red hair. I'm looking at the picture underneath. Okay, the picture underneath Andre of this article that they're talking about. Andre does not have dreadlocks. But I'm looking at Andre and Andre in the upper part of his face and his beard areas, except for that nigger nose looks like a chill. Now, I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure. And I haven't done a, enough. I mean, I don't know how many different people own gay um, 
strip bars for men. I don't, you know, but it seems like a Jewish activity to me. And then after you do that, you do something kind of mocking that. And then you go and open up. Now, supposedly it's his uncle who owns this shit. Now, that's some new information to me. Now, the article says it's his uncle. Now, I know there was a couple of people that owned it. Um, but Greg Anglin was one of them. So I don't know um, if they're doing Andrea a favor or what's going on there, or, or he used to be part of it. But my point is this. He has, he looks like one of these people, and then a group of people that love dreadlocks. I know anybody could love some but some that love to wear them dreadlocks are Jewish folks. They love to put some dreadlocks in their hair. Oh, yeah, because it goes with their kinky stuff anyway, you know? And, it's, and they want to they fit in. They want to put on what I call urban camouflage to try to fit in like the rest of us, like the ones that we're doing at the Stokey rallies or the, um, what I would say, the, the Frank Cohen Collins rallies. So anyway, um, and then another thing, he has the 50-inch Lego things. I don't know if that's a Jewish activity, but I'll tell you what, having big patches that say fuck racism, that seems very, uh, that seems like something a Jewish person um, could potentially do. Um, um, Anglin was one of only two vegans at Linworth, and before long, he began dating the other a brunette by the name of Allison in his class ahead of him. Now, when I heard that, remember, George, I said that um, I thought he, he did that. He, he became a vegan specifically because the girl was, but she wasn't too, that wasn't enough. And I can understand if that's not enough to, to feel good for you, um, you know, because you're just looking at that. But you got to take in every, all the other environmental activities and information also. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was kind of uh, pretty much, um, you know, leaning towards that. It's not 100% conviction on anything, but I'm saying I'm leaning that this is what the case is. I mean, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, as we go on, um, who Allison in the class of head of him. Well, thanks for that information, Luke O'Brien. So all we got to do is get his yearbook and look for an Allison the year ahead of him and, and see that picture and know which one we're looking for and what her real name is. Thanks for keeping her identity secret, um, Luke O'Brien. But his girlfriend, Allison, we both admit that she looks Jewish, right? As well as Andre in that picture. Did we not? Yeah, we both both agreed to that one. So, um, whom he wooed by baking vegan cookies. (laughs) She was was a popular girl who introduced him to a diverse and Edgy clique of kids. Um, diverse, edgy. Who loves diversity, guys? Get the yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. To them, Anglin seemed sweet and funny, if a little too eager to latch on to causes. Now that's that, guys. Um, from me, that's his analysis of Andre. Allison was deeply into animal rights. Suddenly, he was too. Yeah. So so that's that, when we that, both Yeah, that's yeah. when I'd say he pretty much went for her because you know you know, yeah. because of the hormones. You know, because you said that at the beginning, you know, that uh, he became vegan because of her. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, now, now that that article mentioned that that now all of a sudden he became interested in animal rights, 
because she was that kind of reinforced it. <laughs> yeah. And um, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. You know, you, I guess anyone can turn into a zombie for a woman. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you would you would think that um, it would be a hard process. Mm. He also got <laughs> deeply into drugs, according to half a dozen people who knew him at the time. He did LSD at school or while wandering through scenic High Bank Metro Park area, north of the city. He took ketamine, ate psychedelic mushrooms. He snorted cocaine on weekends. He chugged Robitussin and RoboTrip so much that he damaged his stomach and would vomit into trash cans at school. Dude, issues. At home, Anglin spent hours in his parents' basement downloading music and visiting early flash animation sites, according to Cameron Loomis, a former friend. Anglin's favorite online destination was Rotten.com. Um, I think if you visit Rotten.com, you should end up on that site, which collected images of mangled corpses and deforma- uh, deformities and sexual perversions. This is sick. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what he entertained himself with. Anglin set up his own website for a fake record label called Andy Sucks Records. And oh, hold on, it's Andy Sucks Records. Okay. Um, that he used to dupe bands into sending him demo tapes. So, okay. So you were duping bands. Okay. In his early years, he was duping bands into sending them demo tapes. So here is left. Here his leftist leanings were on full display. He wrote posts encouraging people to send the Westboro Baptist Church death threats from untraceable accounts. Well, hold on. He was doing this shit back then? And he mocked the Ku Klux Klan and other racist organizations. He, was, he wasn't so different back then from the antifa, anti-fascist activists who would one day protest outside his dad's office. But people who knew Anglin in high school told me that for reasons that were unclear, his behavior became erratic and frightening sometimes around the beginning of his sophomore year at Limworth. Visitors to his home saw holes in his bedroom wall, and they knew that when he was upset, he would smash his head into things. Several recall an episode at a party. Angle burst out crying after Alliston drunkenly kissed someone else then ran outside and bashed his head on the sidewalk over and over. That seems very that seems very unstable. Yeah. Um uh, he he harmed himself in other ways too. He tried to tattoo the name of his favorite band, Modset Mouse, on his upper arm but gave up after two and a half letters, leaving him with MOI etched on his skin. He he stretched his earlobes by jamming thick marker caps into pierced holes until they dripped blood. He claimed to feel no pain and used lighters to melt the flesh on the inside of his forearm. I don't know. Uh, maybe. 
He provoked people into assaulting him, but never fought back, instead laughing as the blows fell. Two kids, two kids beat him into the gutter once, and just laid there until they stopped out of pity and confusion. Um, his former friend recalled that Anglin's parents seemed blind to their son's alarming behavior, and while he could be tender towards his younger siblings, Chelsea and Mitch, and loyal to his friends, he also had a sadistic side. Um, Allison, who asked that her name, last name be withheld for this article, told me that during Anglin's sophomore year, she called him distraught, said she had passed out at a party and had been raped by a friend's older brother. She needed compassion and support, but Anglin just laughed and broke up with her. You're a slut, she remembers him saying. Several girls Anglin had gotten to know, you know what, why the fuck would that girl tell that to to fucking Luke O'Brien? Is she a Jew? I don't know. Why I, mean, you I don't know, that? man. I mean, in my opinion, Why? that whole that whole thing was just terrible. Like, um, I mean, we can talk about, you know, whether it's right or wrong to get drunk or not, but, like, dude, like, she was raped. And Andre, rather than, I don't know if they were still together or not, but the fact that he did that. He was together. Then, he broke up. Oh, yeah, I know. But after that whole shit, and then after the fact that he, you know, released the, the fucking pretty much a porn they did together. I mean, dude, that shit is slimy. Like, that really well, is yeah. fucking slimy. Well, yeah. Um, you're jumping ahead. Now, I would agree if you had a sex tape and um, posted that shit out there like that. That would that would not be cool to do that to anyone. But what I would say, if this is true, I would say in Andre's defense that I would say he should have broke up on her, right? But if she's going to parties and she's going to get herself so wasted that she's kissing on other men and then Andre's not at the party and then she's wondering why the fuck she just got raped, I mean, and your girlfriend, I mean, well, um, I'm definitely breaking up with you right now. Now, I might, I don't know if I'd be laughing. It wouldn't be funny. But um, don't come crying to me right now. Click them. I mean, I could, I could possibly understand that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's according to how bad the situation was, but I wouldn't just. Uh, as far as being right, yeah, all that kind of um, activity is really, really bad, and I don't agree with it. And I'm not making excuses, but I just. That shit happened. Mm-hmm. I've seen like women go to like and yeah. Any aspect of that? But I yeah, Paul, you're cutting out, man. I can't hear you. I don't know. Can you hear me now? There. Yeah. I don't know why they would you know, why they don't have any self-control and would be grabbing on titties or vaginas or whatever they're grabbing on. And I don't I don't agree with that, and I think it should be addressed. But at the same time, um, what the fuck are you doing out there looking like that? 
For what reason? I mean, there's no reason to be out there looking like that. So, um, you know, that's a whole other different matter. But as far as this chick, from what I'm reading in the article, Andre got mad and, and walked out um, and banged his head on, on the wall. Obviously, that's not probably the first time that shit had happened. He was just um, stuck that or something. Well, yeah, stuck on stuck on pussy, stuck on something to where, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, if if that was the first time, I don't think you would have ran outside and just started banging your head on something. I mean, I don't think so, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, if she called him up, I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's not, you know, don't don't ask me to feel sorry for you if, uh, you know, it's according to how much feelings are involved. There's a lot of there's a lot of dynamics to it, but I mean, how much feelings are you going to have if somebody's running around doing that kind of stuff, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I would just say though, I should say I would say that the best suggestion is stay away from them parties. Don't be getting drunk. But yeah, I guess you can't say oh, that. Yeah. Maybe you can't say that maybe someone slipped her a Mickey and she wasn't expecting that. But from prior behavior, from what the article says, it doesn't seem like that was the case. So anyway, um, yeah, so where were we at? Um, you're, you're a slut. Well, guess what? If that was Andre's response, Andre would know her best. If Andre quote says, you're a slut, all I can say is, <laughs> all I can say is, I'm not, I mean, I'm here to tell, you know, my perspective and my truth. And uh, in that particular state, I'm not going to sit here and, and get stuck. And I think we don't spend too much time yeah. on something that really don't matter. Um, several girls Anglin had gotten to know at another high school began calling her house hours of the night. Oh, man, Andre, is that is he that hateful? Is he that weak? According to Allison and other sources, you deserved it, they'd say. You slut. Well, I don't know. I mean, kids can be mean, but sometimes you, you've been there, George. You know that sometimes them kids know better than other people. I'm not saying that's good behavior, but. And I don't think I don't think anyone deserves being raped. Let me let me let me state that right now. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying you know, karma or whatever or actions or whatever shit happens. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. After the breakup, Dan Newman sounds Jewish. Another friend at the time remembers Anglin once bashing his head into a wall of his bedroom in such a frenzy that his mother had to call the police. Damn. I mean, she couldn't calm her down. She had to call the police like them. Well, they never give a reason for that. Several classmates told told me that Anglin didn't date again in high school and sometimes, hold on, tried Uh to kiss other boys, Uh. including including one black student he especially Uh. liked. Oh my! Now, 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 now! I gotta say, if this man put this into an article, now did he use the word allegedly? No, he mm-hmm. said several classmates told me that Anglin didn't date in high school and sometimes tried. Several classmates told me. Several classmates told me. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's no lawsuit going to be coming after this one, guy. You would think that maybe they're just trying to 
make a white nationalist look bad. And, but guess what, guys? Maybe he, maybe his his um, perspective changed, right? Well, isn't that what happened? With the, what the reason was before? His perspective changed. He has the right to change his perspective, so now he's a white nationalist. So anyway, um, um, whether this behavior was authentic or experimental, that's his way of not being accused of being a homophobe in his article, Luke O'Brien. That's his way of spinning it. Because now when you say, oh, look, he did this. Oh, you're trying to say there's something wrong with that, that he did that? Um, let me be politically correct. Whether his behavior yeah. was authentic experimentation or just for shock value, it's notable in light of the extreme homophobia in Anglin, uh, extreme homophobia Anglin has since expressed on the Daily Stormer and elsewhere, he has advocated for the, for instance, throwing gays off of buildings ISIS style. By Anglin's junior year, Greg and Kenny's marriage had come undone. People who knew Katie had been described her to me as a browbeaten woman who lived in fear of her husband. A person who who was close to one of Greg's former a person who was close to one of Greg's former clients along with two Columbus pastors familiar with Greg's work as a counselor told me that Greg got involved emotionally, sometimes sexually, with his female clients. Now, guys, this is where um, I wish I had the clips to put in the audio where Greg himself says in a recorded interview to Luke Appeal um, that he is also a pedophile, like his son. Is, is that a? Is that a? I don't. I know that's not a direct quote, but is that basically what he said? He did claim he did yeah. call himself a pedophile, right? Yeah. He said, okay. "I'm I'm with an underage girl right now. No big deal about that." Like that's what he yeah. did really say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But did, didn't he? He did use the word pedophile too, though, right? Didn't I hear him say that? Um. Or did Luke? I say, think. He, oh, yeah, right. he did. I yeah, think he I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like you could accuse him of that. And he said, "Yeah, I am," or something, something to those effects. But anyway, um, this will be the time. Oh, wait. He said, "Yeah, uh huh." But I'm a pedophile too. You know, that's what he said. Oh, yeah, when he when he said his son is a pedophile, he said, "I'm a pedophile too." That's exactly what he said. Yeah. Because they yeah. accused Andre of being one, and he said, "I'm a pedophile too." And then he went on to say he's with um, young girls or something right now. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, and I got to tell you, um, listening to that conversation, the girls in question, they didn't seem, um, well, we know from his age, they probably weren't his own children. We know that he has two children. We know that what we were hearing in that audio seemed to be multiple little girls, of two or three at least. Oh, Maybe two. God. So... And why would you say that kind of talk around little children? So I don't know what to think about all that. I'm just trying to gather as much intel out of that as possible right now. But, um, yeah, 
They they don't seem it doesn't seem that they were his children that he was around with all that and they did seem. Is it me or did that activity with the children seem to not be an adult kind of giggly activity that normally would go down? Or is that just me trying to read something to something that's not there or what? No, man, I mean, it's, it, it I mean, is what it is. Like, he said it right there. So, I mean, yeah. I don't even, I don't think we need to connect the dots even further. Uh, yeah, because what, what person would ever, ever admit even jokingly, to some crazy shit like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just look, just hearing the voices in the background, it didn't, it didn't seem like, you know, and it didn't seem like. But anyway, um, with his female clients, court documents related to his divorce support this claim. A former client is identified as his girlfriend. Greg would later make her a partner in his counseling practice. Neither Anglin's, neither of Anglin's parents responded to requests for comments. Shortly after the, the divorce proceedings began, Anglin found a new emotional outlet listening to a right-wing radio show host who claimed that 9-11 was an inside job. This was Alex Jones, who would go on to become the America's premier conspiracy theorist. For Anglin, he was the entry point to the internet truth movement. Online, um, real, real, the, an online realm filled with all manners of paranoid delusions. Soon, Anglin was pulling classmates aside to warn them about lizard people. And you know what? And you know what? That is so true. Because that's the only statement. The, the wrong statement is that Andre found Alex Jones. Andre didn't find Alex Jones. Uh, who Andre found was Glenn Keeley. Glenn mm. Keeley is the one that talks about the troglodyte, who are reptilian people, who, by the way, guys, they live underneath of the ocean, underneath of the basalt layer of the ocean, according to Andre's first um um, teacher that I had to rescue him from. Um, according to his first teacher, he, they are lizard people who are the deans of dollars. They're the deans of dollars, guys, but guess what? They're not Jewish. They're lizard mm-hmm. peoples. And this is where Andre started out with, with the lizard peoples and that forum called Outlaw Journalism. I guess they're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but But I must say right now, that shit had nothing to do with Hunter S. Thompson and everything to do with kooky troglodytes and, and, and word correlations that don't even correlate. It's like saying C and yes and C with your eyes. I mean, they make all these correlations with Masonic words and, and they haven't figured out, like, you know, it's the Jews, guys. <laughs> so, so anyway... Um, Let's continue. To spend any significant amount of time in truth forums is to feel the traps being set, the hooks sinking in. What if the mind wanders? For those short on critical thinking skills, yeah, like Luke O'Brien, man, that guy. Mm-hmm. And by the way, and by the way, yeah. guys, Luke, Luke O'Brien himself is Jewish. He, he's he's running around the truth movement. 
pretending and telling people that he's Irish and shit because his last name is O'Brien. Listen, guys, O'Brien is a Jewish last name, for starters, and yeah, it's Irish, too. Um, but it's a Jewish last name. It's probably one of their cover names so that you don't find out that they're Jews. They always like to do that if you study that behavior. Mm-hmm. But the but the point is, the point is, just look at what he's saying. He's saying that everything that he's trying to do now, he's accusing the the conspiracy theorists of doing, setting in hooks, setting traps, what if, um, and if yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, I, I will tell you this. He made one good point here. Short on critical thinking skills. I I gotta say he's right on that one. I gotta agree. They are short on critical thinking. Um, the forums can be infestious, infectious, and addictive. Yeah, if you're into David Icke and reptile people. Mm-hmm. Here, one might conclude. Our fellow detectives working to excavate realities hidden from the normies, mainstream, that jet contrails contain chemicals sprayed into the atmosphere by government, for example. And I love how he uses all of the the best stupid examples like chemtrails. If any mm-hmm. of you white nationalists, if there's anyone in the white nationalist movement that are into chemtrails, please, please leave now. <laughs> if you're into global warming, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. If if you haven't figured out it's the Jews, shut up and sit down and wait your turn and you learn, is what I would say. So, let's move forward. Yeah, and, and I love this one. Here's the one. Here's the one that's real. The moon landing is fake. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The moon landing. Yeah, that really happened, guys. And that's why it was years later. Yeah. <laughs> that's why forty years later you haven't made a better rocket since then. They can actually yeah. get you there. But uh well, why yeah, you haven't gone back to the moon. Mm-hmm. Well, well supposedly, supposedly according to George Bush, he said in twenty twenty we were going back. Yeah, I guess by twenty twenty they should have AI uh set in real good and then you could think we actually did go. I guess they're thinking by then they'll have that shit ready, but that's where that's where your critical thinking skills have to come in, guys. You need to upgrade them along with your primal instincts, and uh, mm-hmm. you know you can do it. It's like working out. You got to work out. You got to stop doing. You got to stop being Alex Jones. Okay. <laughs> you got to you got to take the baby bottle out of your mouth. Alex Jones. Alex Jones is a nurser. When you want a nurse. When you're looking for one of them people, what do you call them, a nanny? When you want a nanny and you want to get nursed, that's what that's what Alex Jones does. He puts the baby bottle in your mouth and you sit there and you nurse. And a lot of that stuff ain't good for you. Just like infant milk is not better than breast milk. So you gotta you gotta look and see where you're getting your information because only the only the people that are nursing with breast milk are gonna have the right minds to move forward with anything else. So. Um, Anyway, moving forward on that next level of information. Anglin threw himself into the world, this world after high school, as he drove himself around the country listening to truthers and living out of his Honda Civic. In 2004, he spent a night in a jail in Santa Barbara, California, after being arrested for drunk driving. When he returned to Columbus after months on the road, he enrolled at Ohio State University to study English. 
he dropped out after one semester. Now we know where he learned his little bit of writing skills. In early 2006, he was arrested near campus for two minor drug offenses. He pleaded guilty um, to one charge. The other was dismissed. Angley was then spending a lot of time on 4chan, a website that lets users post images and comments anonymously, and that draw draw droves of socially isolated young people thumbing their nose at political correctness. The, ch- the channers start memes and organized pranks that would later evolve into trolling campaigns such as Gamergate, which targeted women in the gaming community. <clears throat> By the way, there's a, a video about these hackers and these poor channers that like to go around and har- harass people in the gamer community. And one of the things that they did in one of these one popular games, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but they love to do this all the time. These Jews, they love to, to um, like, they would take all of their kind of like virtual world characters, like a bunch of them, and then they'd go to this one pool where people would lay around. I forget what the video was called. It was a documentary about hackers or whatever. But they'd lay around. This, these people would just be chilling like in a Sims-type game, just laying around, just doing their thing, talking to each other. And then these people would come through, and then they would flood the pool and turn and, and then march into a uniform Nazi swastika, right, or a Nazi symbol. And, of course, if you're enjoying a game and someone comes along, and disrupt your game by all of them lining up and getting information like a Nazi um, swastika, that's going to make you dislike National Socialism, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but we're supposed to think that, oh, if these Nazis sick of everyone's shit. I mean, this is Jewish activity, guys, and they are plotting on what they know is the, is is the they're plotting so hard on the antidote right now. And actually, most people think that the antidote is the poison, so you even got to get them to realize, hey, no, this is what will cure you. And so, but now they know what the antidote is, so they're doing everything. That kind of behavior is the same reason why they put swastikas on their own synagogues, you know, swastikas on their own dorm room at the college. Um, <laughs> it's, this, it's, it's all that same kind of behavior. So this is this is what they're doing right now to us. And... Um, you know, um, this is man. I'm luck. They're they're lucky that there's not a million of these guys talking right now. Okay. Um. Anyway, where we at right now? Um. Fortune was more influential on me than anything. Man, this guy. Oh, not uh, Well, yeah, I know, but there's only one problem with that, Andre Anglin. You can go to blacknazis.com and go to the Andre Anglin page, which is getting ready to be renamed <laughs> the Andre Anglin, the Untold Story page, where they will find all this information as well as the, the companion video and the related articles and everything else that go along with this. And um, so that's what's, that's what's coming in the future. But, of course, um, 4chan was the most influ- influential thing on him. Uh, told me over emails last year before he was cut off from communications. Um, in November 2006, Andre launched his own conspiracy theory website, virtual, uh, virtually all traces of which were removed from the Internet during the time I was reporting this story. Think about this, guys. During the time he was reporting this story, um, he called the site Outlaw Journalism. Bro. This is so you can't go back and see what this man talked about. It had nothing to do with Hunter S. Thompson and everything to do with troglodytes and Kooky, Glenn yeah. Keeley, Alan Watt, horseshit. 
Okay, this mm-hmm. is what this man had on the site. But guess what? They took down, they scrubbed the internet of this guy, man. I'm telling you, the mm-hmm. Jews are the Jews are working hard right now. Um, yeah. a, tri- a tribute to Hunter S. Thompson, who he idolized, uh, through England's writings more closely resembled the rantings of Alex Jones. Outrageous posts laced with misogyny and anti-immigrant sentiments. Hey, bro, unfortunately, you never have been to... to um, Listen, this is such a lie right now. Everybody just use your head. Anyone who has been to the Outlaw Journal, journal for, um, Forum, Andre was still in his liberal phases, and you would know this because after, his, after Outlaw Journalism was over with, his next two ventures had everything to do with me. Um, reality of the situation, and then the other one, total fascism. So up until his introduction of me and learning the whole time, but then thinking he still knew something until he thought he was smart enough to get on the show, and maybe he thought he was intellectually ready to do battle and show that Iconoclast was not as smart as he was. But as you saw, he lost. And so he transformed into what would work, which was the, the smartest thing to do. Um, if he wanted to still maybe be effective if he was plotting his his plan this whole time. But um, the point is, he was still a liberal. You can go back and hear him arguing about technology and capitalism and yeah. all of this shit. Yeah. So, he, so, 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 so to say... To, or how the right right needs to be bred out, too. <laughs> well, yeah, all of that shit. But, but to say that um, virtually, you know, that... Um, that he, you know, thought most his rantings resembled Alex Jones, and was and was filled with anti-immigrant sentiments. See, now this man can write anything he wants, and you can't go back and check out the article to check it out. Um, no. Um, but anyway, um, outrageous post lace with all this shit. Welcome to the future, he wrote. We're living in a science fiction nightmare. Now that sounds more closer to reality. Is something he would have said back then. In March 2007, Anglin published his first post about Donald Trump, a video clip from 2000 roast of Giuliani in the video. Then the mayor is dressed up in drag and sprays perfume on his fake breast. Trump shoves his face into Giuliani's chest. Anglin labeled it them both fags and wrote that Giuliani must be having a twisted homosexual transvestite affair with Donald Trump. Well, I don't know. Um... Anyway, going on, there's so much more there, but I don't think I want to really keep on. No, we can't. We can't get stuck. We got to get to the important bits. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it's just going to take forever. Yeah, because I don't even know how much more of this stuff is. There's still a lot of left, this stuff left. Anyway, I think we're right in the middle. By the way. Okay. All right. Well, we because gotta, I'm reading along too. Yeah, we got to hurry. This this crazy shit up. Yeah. Uh, he created the Outlaw Forum and 4chan-esque boards where people could. Uh, Verbal about conspiracies. Before long, they began harassing other truthers whom Anglin clashed. Man, shut the fuck up. Where are they at? Um, Internet truthers had... Yeah, straight bullshit. Um, Internet truthers had embraced new mediums, but their mode of thinking was hardly novel. In the infamous 1968 essay, Paranoid Style in American Politics, the historian Richard Hofstetter wrote about the conspiratorial fantasies of very Goldwater supporters and the Terms that blah 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 blah. I mean, 
I'm going to move forward because there's a lot of, okay, here we go. Um, Anglin's perspective narrows. His worldview even got bleaker. In February 2008, he was arrested for driving while impaired and spent 10 days in jail, according to court records. Following January, he was reported working 50 hours a week in the warehouse and still being unable to afford his own place. That June, um, he published what would be his last post on outlaw journalism for years. It was a warning. I mean, I love how they went and got all that stuff off of um, archive.org and now scrubbed it um, about the banking system, one more government organ harvesting and uh, plant animal gene splicing. Right now, uh, real quick, guys, um, if you have any suggestions on where I should upload my my um, past shows, a good place where I could store them, that's a really good place to have them. Um, I'm taking all suggestions. Matter of fact, I'm taking all suggestions on anything as far as moving forward. But right now, I need a place to um, on the net to put my my shows because they were just taken down off of the RSS feed, um, you know, by the Yehudi people. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, um, it was a warning about the banking system, one world government organ harvesting, and plant animal gene splicing. Um, glowing green monkeys. <coughs> glowing green monkeys are, are able to have babies, and green monkeys. Hmm. Yes, Paul, you're cutting. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Um, the only logical path for humanity to take is to utterly abandon civilization and return to a hunter-gatherer lifestyle, he concluded. He wanted to fish and hunt and grow his own food, to live in, in a hut, to spend time telling fun stories and making music, creating art, dancing, making love to the wife, joking with the old folks, and generally living it up. So he got on a plane and flew towards a jungle of Southeast Asia. It was there after a darker plunge into delusion that he would take his final step into neo-Nazism. Well, yeah, but he was already in the Philippines at this point. And uh, anyway, so Anglin wanted, wanted a tribe. I'm moving forward a little bit. Anglin wanted a tribe, a real one, and he'd been looking he he hiked into the mountains with boys who carried drinking water in plastic Monsanto fertilizer jugs and went to Manila to find squatter villages where people drank from sewers. He explored the island of Mindanao. Mindanao? Yeah. Um, on a moped and... Uh, posed for selfies wearing a weary expression, a marble hanging from his lips or tucked behind his ear. That's from the two pictures of Andre that's on the net. In one video he made, he stood shirtless on a beach describing the horrors of deforestation. Anglin established a home base at the Sampaguita Tourist Inn, a $10 a night hotel in Davos City, where he lived for months at a time off money his father sent. He liked to sit in the lobby with his laptop, 
drinking Nescafe and planning his next move. At the time, Dava was ruled with an iron fist by its authoritarian mayor, Rodrigo Duterte, now the president of the Philippines. Anguin took Duterte's hand, uh, shook Duterte's hand once, and has made praise of his violent-prone political uh, politician, the violent-prone po- politician, a staple of the Daily Stormer coverage. Now, what is a what is a a white nationalist giving a shit about um, Filipino other than that somewhere he, you know, frequents with his sex tourist activity? It was the third biggest city in the country, but hardly a mecca for a 20-something American or 20-something Americans. That's why in 2009, Anglin came to the attention of Edward, a 33-year-old New Yorker and the only young American in the hotel. Now, real quick, I think that Edward is a Jew, and we'll go on to tell you why. Edward, who asked that his last name be withheld, spent months at a time <clears throat> spent months at a time um, I think I'm missing a page missing a page uh, guys hold on let me go look it up <laughs> yeah <clears throat> oh this bullshit um uh, yeah, I seem to be missing a page. I, I might have it somewhere. I just didn't um, put it in the folder. So. You were at the part where he's in the Philippines with Edward, right? Um, yeah, where they're in Davos City at the San Paguita tour stand. Yeah. Okay. Um, shit. What part were you left at? I found it. Well, Edward, 33 years old. Okay. Who asked the same Okay. I'm going to just continue off because I have the article right here. Okay. That's why 2009, Anglin came to the attention of Edward, a 33-year-old American... Um, yeah, I didn't say American. 30, 33-year-old New Yorker and the only other young American in the hotel. Edward, who asked his name not to be... Sorry, I'm reading too Edward, who asked his name, his last name... He withheld, spent months at a time in the Philippines. Over the course of several years, he and England became friends and went out to eat together almost every day. Edward thought England was fun and intelligent with excellent taste in music. Edward had once run a small music distribution business, but England still introduced him to new bands, such as Felice Brothers, yet there was something off about England. Okay. Okay. Real quick, I just want to um, just say that Edward, 33, is from New York. He is um, some kind of music publisher or distributor. Yeah, he was. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a Jewish activity. And um, did you get to the part where him and Andre would go to go to sleep or go to eat every night, almost uh, every night they, they would eat yeah, together? Already, yeah, like um, the sentence on the article I just passed said, he and Anglin became friends and went out to eat eat together almost every day. There we go. Okay. Now, the reason why those two people, now, what, what you know, my thinking is him and I, Anglin were both sex tourists looking to prey on young girls, and so that was their interest of eating together because 
we can know of the pictures of Andre, what he spent his time doing, which we can see, which is pictures with Filipino girls or videos with Filipino girls. Unfortunately, um, someone didn't bother to uh, be patient and gather all the videos before unleashing mm. on him. But the point is, all those videos are witnessed by people who saw those with their own two eyes. And Andre didn't didn't ever, even though he talked the game about caring about those people, when you listen to what he thought about them women, he just looked at them as sex things, okay? So him and Edwards, I'm pretty sure, were they're, 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 what they had in common where they were both there to prey on women. And um, real quick, guys, because we don't have a lot of um, information, but I would say that <clears throat> I'm going to finish reading the article so we can move forward. And, and I've got some other things I want to talk about. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so go ahead and uh, finish reading that article. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, I was in, uh, all right, we were police brothers. Yeah, there was something off about Anglin who said he wasn't going back to the United States. He was very, he was running away, clearly, Edward told me. But from what? Edward recalled Anglin clearly that he'd been trafficking cocaine back home. Honestly, thought that that's why he left America, he said. Edward told me that Anglin acted like he was smarter than everyone else. And in a country where young white men are treated in a godly way, Anglin's ego only grew. He had a complex about being short. He claims to be five foot seven, but several people I talked with poor he cycles as a five foot four. In Davao, however, England hit on every pretty young Filipina he saw and had to set with some of them. You know, see that's that's the sex tours that we were talking about, but you know, he doesn't even you know, the person who the circle didn't put it that way. Um, sometimes taking advantage of their hope that an American husband could be an exit from poverty. Most of these girls were 18 or 19 years old. Man, that is bullshit. They were fucking younger than that. But Edward, yeah, I mean, real, real quick, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not here to slander Andre's name by calling him a child predator or pedophile, but when the man comes out of his own mouth in a video dedicated to me, saying iconoclast here's here's my jailbait girlfriend and once again it shows you the level of importance of iconoclast and how much mm-hmm. he looked up to me right that he needed yeah. to shout out to me about it <laughs> but guess what i'm nowhere but guess what i'm nowhere in the atlantic article right which is fine yeah. for me that article means <laughs> shit to me right mm-hmm. but it is but it's interesting that we can talk about that now and by the way, I'm not in that article because that was my choosing. Luke O'Brien contacted me multiple times. And when he contacted me, I don't know if I stated this earlier, but when he contacted me, I told him no at least three different times. And then he tried a different approach like, oh, you probably weren't important anyway in Andre's whatever trying to get me to, trying to use a psychological approach like, oh, no, no, that's not true. Let me show you what, let me show you what I did. Trying to get me to speak on the record for Andre, but I told the bitch, if you ain't, if you're not, if you're not, um, you know, got the sack to come on air and talk about it, I have nothing to talk to you about because this is about 
everybody knowing what's going on and everybody knowing about what's real, you see. But Luke O'Brien was he didn't want to. And so Luke O'Brien he did he did his, his he did himself a disservice anyway. Um and did me a service by not putting me in the article. Because it wouldn't matter if I was in it or not. I mean, Luke O'Brien doesn't make me. I made Luke O'Brien. Luke O'Brien has an article to talk about because of me. If it wasn't for me, Luke O'Brien wouldn't have shit to talk about and wouldn't have gotten that advance for that weak piece of dirty yellow journalist wipe your ass with with this shit rag that he put out. So uh, for the record, yeah, I I agree. Andre is, um, like I said, I'm not trying to slander his name, but everything suggests that yes, he is in the Philippines. He does like the underage girls. Um, why do men go there? For obvious reasons, because they can't pull panties with just themselves. They need to use finances. They need to use, um, wow, that's an American there. They need to use all of that stuff so they can feel that's some very, very insecure behavior for someone that's yeah. your leader. Got, for someone that's your leaders, guys. I mean, you guys, you want to talk about some bad, bad, bad critical thinking skills. But I've been hearing from these people that everyone besides white people are too stupid. They keep on falling for the Jews' game. But we haven't even gotten to the point that Andre is being paid by the Jews yet. So let's continue. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so uh, go ahead. Okay. Okay, so okay. Um, we're going to part with the girls. Okay. Um, he remembers, and this is Edward. Edward, he remembers Andre was picking up a 14-year-old in a bar and bringing her back to Saigura to spend the night. Fucking disgusting. Yeah, Anglin was troubled by the ways Western society seemed to be degraded to opium culture. Man, get the, if it wasn't for that shit, this son of a bitch wouldn't even pick up these girls in the first fucking place. So... You know, that's a sign, though. Anyway. He just well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold mm-hmm. on, real quick. Um, speaking of girls, none of his white nationalist friends have ever seen him with a white woman. And I have on ah, record, I have on yeah. record out of Andre Anglin's own mouth, out of Andre Anglin's own mouth, quote, I'm only attracted to black girls. <laughs> yeah. So... so I don't. You might change your political views, but now you're going to change your taste in women too. How stupid are you, people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like yeah. going from gay to straight. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. Should I continue? Yeah. Good. Okay. Um. He despised Christian ministries and was appalled to see Filipinos listening to Lady Gaga instead of traditional music. You see the way white people, and it is white people, went around the whole world and fucked everybody. You see, that's the show you, Luke, and, you know, he did, but yeah, guess what? I mean, he already covered it. Fucking Luke O'Brien doesn't tell you where he got that fucking thing from, you know. He said in a podcast he recorded at the time, you know, your podcast. I think the white race should be bred out. He voiced similar sentiments in the other... That, that was the same one. Like, what the fuck? You know, he said, voiced in, in another podcast. That like, bullshit was the same one. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, then... Uh, then on one of his forays, 
I don't know what the fuck that is, from Babylon, found his tribe. In 2011, he spent several weeks in a small village in southern Mindanao among the Kiboli people who lived around mountain lakes covered in lotus blossoms. The Kiboli are known for their traditional music, dance, beadwork, and weaving. The lake was also beautiful and amazing. And England said on one of his podcasts. Okay. You. Okay. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. What are you saying? No, I just thought you were going to say something. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, during this time, uh, then on one of his forays from Davos, Anglin found his tribe. So he was talking about going and finding a tribe. I remember when he said he found that tribe and he was going up there because he said he was not going to be talking to us um, for for a minute because he was going in there. Now, let's mm-hmm. continue. Um, here was his return to nature. Anglin reported being about a day's journey from electricity. Everything in the forest had spiritual significance for the Tiboli people. Each time Anglin crossed the stream, for example, he rubbed a wet stone across his face, hands, and feet to ask guidance from the water spirit, which always knew the path through the forest. Now, okay, here's what Anglin said. I love these people, Anglin said, after a trial run in the jungle. Anglin emerged with a plan. He would return to the jungle, build his own hut, exist completely outside of the system. He would live with the Tuboli at first, but then hope to push even deeper into the mountains in search of the Muslim tribes and people that are still fighting with spears and killing miners and loggers. Now, tell me something. Only a Jew would do something like this, and that is go where they are not fucking wanted, where spears and people where they are killing people with spears and killing miners and loggers because they're not wanted. And he, where it's so deep that they don't even know. Well, here's the crazy thing about it. It's so deep that, you know, he has to go even deeper. He goes from, he goes into the jungle where they're rubbing rocks, wet rocks on their feet. Right, but if you go deeper, you can find Muslims. I would think you'd go deeper to find people rubbing rocks on their feet, because yeah. Muslims are—that's more of a mainstream religion. That's one—that's mm-hmm. one of the Jewish religion, quite frankly. Yeah, and yeah, they're—they're they're another group that's in this this um, Hegelian double-sided debacle of pretending like they're against the Jew. There's—they're as bad as the Nation of Islam talking about the Jew while they are a Jew run organization. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. this is the level we're dealing with guys and it takes a little bit of brain power and a little bit of commitment to re- reality. Like what I was telling that guy earlier that still don't get it that it is truly the Jews. He just thinks, you know, yeah, I remember those days. I remember those days before I got educated. So keep doing your homework. I know one thing you can't come on here and have a debate with me that it's not all the Jews. Matter of fact, I've already done a couple of videos on this. One of them is called The Holocaust Proves. It's 99.99% of the Jews. You might want to go take a look at it. There's nothing copyrighted about it. There's nothing offensive about it, but they had to put that that video blocked for committee guidelines and take it off of the share 
and liked and view list because they can't let you know how many views that deadly thing is getting. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, where we're at now. Um, okay, so he would live with the Tuboli people at first, but he would hope to push even deeper. Yeah. And I love this yeah, piece right here. Mm-hmm. I love this piece right here. He would he would also uh, counterintuitively launch a website called Reality Situation. Now I don't know how much more impression I have to make on a, a so-called white nationalist leader to chronicle his new off-the-grid lifestyle. He put his belongings up for sale to raise cash for a horse, chicken, and ducks. There was a messianic zeal to his plan. I'm going to do it, he told another trooper. I'm going to live without money. I'm going to set up a community that does the same, and I'm going to videotape it. Anglin launched Reality Situation in 2012 before heading back into the jungle. He was reading about UFOs and downloading paranormal podcasts. He was still obsessed with brain chipping and TV mind control, fake moon landings, and satanic sexual rituals. Um, his vision of a rainforest utopia was no less unhinged. Um, Colonel Kutz means Travis Bickle. Well, isn't that, you know, that's interesting that they use those two characters. Mm-hmm. Isn't, that, isn't that something? Yeah. He is, is how... Edward described his friend's mindset around the time. He was going to go back to the jungle to be with the white savior and teach everybody how to grow crops properly. And according to Edward, Anglin had another motivation. He was going out there to marry a six, two 16-year-old Muslim girls. He'd already met them and was buying them livestock for the dowry. For the next six months, Anglin um, all but disappeared from the Internet. In May 2012, he put up a long post on Reality Situation in which he said he was planting, planting trees, developing sustainable farming, and educating children about the dangers of Christianity and capitalism. And let me tell you where the fuck this guy learned about Andre having Reality the Situation. He learned about it from listening to my podcast. He learned about a lot of this stuff from listening to the to the shows that I did with um um uh, so um this is where this information comes from. But here's the thing. This part right here where he was marrying two sixteen year old Muslim girls, well, he knew I wasn't uh I'm not um keen on that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you this. I kept on asking Luke because he said he was never, if you go back and listen to the radio shows, he said he would never leave America. He said he was not coming back to America ever. And yet he he was he was serious about that. But for whatever reason, he left the Philippines overnight. And I kept on would say to Luke, this guy either raped a young girl, got caught with a young girl, did something to a young girl, got a young girl pregnant and left her there. This man did something to somebody. And I didn't, I, you know, it was just guesses. It was all just guesses for me. But now this article tells me that there was two young 16-year-old girls he was buying dairies from. And you know he wasn't buying them dairies. 
Well, you know what he probably did? When he finally got them panties, he probably had to bounce because he wasn't planning on, you know, ducking it out and horsing it out and fucking around and hutting it out. He wasn't planning on none of that. So what probably happened is just a guess, and I'm good at that. He probably either got these girls pregnant or something or said he had enough of that. And, uh, you know, in, in a Muslim, you think about who you're dealing with now, guys. You're dealing with Muslims. You're dealing with marriages. You're dealing with, you know, they don't play around with that kind of stuff. That man probably had no other choice but to get the hell out of there. And so he left and he went to China. <clears throat> according according to him, he left and he went to China. And then he went from China to Africa, where from his Facebook he was showing these perky breast little young black girls, Africans, that he was, um, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, pay a lot of a mind because I don't have a Facebook. But um, from what I'm reading on the post, it seems that this is uh, what he was into. And I don't know where he was getting, you know, uh, you know, he was taking the pictures of them. I'm sure he wasn't taking pictures and not doing nothing at all. So, um, yeah. And by the way, he's the so-called uh, master of the white uh, white nationalists. He was going back to the jungle, blah, 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 where we at now. He was going back to the jungle to be, be the white savior and teach everybody how to grow crops properly. And according to Edward, Anglin had another motivation. Okay, the six, you know, uh, for the next six months, blah, 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 um, Anglin, had all but disappeared. We read through that already. Moving forward. Yeah, what happened to him in the jungle of the mystery? That we have Anyway, so I guess this is where he starts making his, his um, transformation. This time yeah. it was the Filipinos' fault. I love this one. Now, mm-hmm. before before it was the white man taking advantage of the Filipinos and fucking them. Now, it's the Filipinos' fault. Their minds were, were as primitive as their mode of living, Anglin wrote, declaring that only among the European race would he feel at home. It is only they who share my blood and can understand my soul. Oh man. Okay, so if they can so they understand why it is that you are preying on young Filipino girls and Chinese girls and African girls around the world, they can understand why you do that. I don't think so. Not most of them. Edwards yeah. saw him one time back in Davo. Anglin seemed transformed. He'd shaved his head and was dressed in a street tough style with a white tank top and baggy jeans. He was angry, especially about the subject of race mixing. He also had a gun. I don't know. Does that sound believable to you? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, after all, he is a transformer more than meets the eye. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he's not a tough guy. That is sure. He can't even show up at the fucking Charlottesville rally at, at the yeah. end of it all. So I don't know, you know, as far as that part about having a gun and be, having a gun in the Philippines, I think that's a, a real, real no-no. So I don't yeah. know if he really had one. But he, but guess what? He had the, he had the money because yeah. it's, only, it's only like 50 to $100 U.S. to have a brand new, um, you know, 45 um, made for you. They make them really cheap over there. Yeah, so he might he might have had one. Anglin told Edward that the tribe had rejected him. 
flock to his cultist vision and help summon another Hitler into existence. Once again, there, guys, two points. These are two important points that need to be made. Starting at the top again, this fixation on strength is a common is common among members of the alt right. Now, the reason why there's a fixation on strength is because the strength they're looking for a strong leader to do it for them. Yeah. They are looking for a leader. They are not looking to lead or even do what Adolf Hitler did, which is um, hazardous duty. Um, at least twice, if not three times, probably could have been more. So the point is, they're not looking to do hazardous duty. They're looking for someone else to do it for them. That's one. Yeah. That's one. That's one of them. The other one. The other point I'd like to make is this: um, a prominent white nationalist who has collaborated collaborated with Anglin told me, adding that Anglin believed that if he tried hard enough, disciples would flock to his cultish vision and help him summon another Hitler into existence. Once again, flock to his cultist vision and summon another Adolf Hitler. Well, first of all, it, it appeals that, even though Andre's not real when he's saying that, it appeals to what they're looking for is mm-hmm. another Hitler, someone else to do it for him because the motherfuckers are not going to get up and do it themselves. So there you go. Um, he imagines he has some magical powers over his heart. He tattooed a spider black sun of the sun and rad and a cult symbol in a mystical strain of neo-Nazism whose followers embrace such notions as Hitler being an avatar of Vishnu. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you this right now. This is another key telltale indicator to let you know this is all some old shit. Because if this is an actual real statement, embrace such nations as Hitler being an avatar of Vishnu, mm-hmm. it leads into what Jews are always trying to lead people into, which is this this um, this Buddhism, this this yoga meditation, mindless man shit. And for some reason, um, you'll see that they're always promoting people like, you know, take a look at Helena P- uh, Petrova Blavatsky, a Jewish lady who's promoting all this kind of uh, Along with her own mystical stuff, she's promoting all the mystic, the mystical aspects of this Buddhism up in Nepal, up in these crazy areas and shit. And uh, you got to ask yourself, why do Jews keep on trying to push everybody in this uh, Indian stuff? Well, the reason why is because that whole stuff is about creating mindless men. Even though I got to tell you, some of the India has some of the most um, um, dangerous philosophers on the planet. I'll tell you that. you got to be a real good one to compete with their philosophy, I'll tell you. Um, well, you know, it's just that they're trying to push this. You know, it seems like, once again, this another Jewish telltale indicator. Um, in March 2013, Anglin, or perhaps his father, used Greg's email address to register the domain name uh, uh, for the Daily Stormer. Then Anglin left the country again. First, he went to Greece, where he stayed in a hostel, and um, that's when, while he was there, I guess he was getting some heat because Andre contacted me on Skype, um, you know, begging me to take down that one show, Best Buddy Old Pal, can you do that for me? And I didn't know at this time what Andre was up to. I knew about total fascism, but I didn't, but I didn't know that he had taken his his National Socialism and turned it into 
a race-hating tool, um, which is nothing that they ever practice or nothing that National Socialism is all about. And uh, I didn't know all this, so he was, and he didn't inform me of this at the time. He was still keeping very, very loose contact with me, you know. Every once in a while I'd hear from him, hey, guy, but it'd always be something about that show. Can you take it down? That show where I was drunk. I'm like, what show where you were drunk? What are you talking about? Um, the one, and he never would point to the exact show, which I, what I was talking about. But of course, I knew which one it was. It was the one where, well, it was all of them really. Where the last one was probably the nail in the coffin for you. But all of them, you were getting intellectually, you know, smacked around the planet on. And you got to go, you know, somewhere else over there where they're not talking to each other. Uh, but um. Um, you know, someone's asking me why it's not race-hating. I mean, well, I already said how it's, how it's not race-hating, you know. Is it is it race-hating to not want to be around people who dislike you? Is it race-hating mm-hmm. to not want to be around people that want to prey on you? Is it is it not race, is it racist to want to just avoid someone because that's what you want to do? I don't think so. I mean, is it is it is it is it racist for me to have my own opinions and just want to be nowhere affected of of group of people? I don't think so. I would call that my own personal preference. Anyway, um, um, he found work giving tours of the Parthenon and other sites, and attended meetings of the Golden Dawn. Greece, Greece's ultra-nationalistic far-right political party. I don't know whether he went there just to give himself some kind of credibility as, as though... That's another thing about him. Um, yeah, I mean, he went there, and, and he went there for what? Um, attending meetings for what? What business was a, of, of it is yours to do what? You know what I mean? You're in a whole other country. Shit. All he did there was to post for the photos. That's it. Well, that's what he did. He, he got a, he got a, he got a, he got some good PR images. Here I am. Give yeah. me one of them. Give me one of them T-shirts. I'm not even Greek. I'm American and I'm a national socialist. But here, I, but here I am over in your country. I'm over in your country playing the f around and shit. On July 2013, the Daily Star launched Invader Mode, replacing total fascism. Angler named his new site the, the Der Sturmer. A virulently anti-Semitic neo-Nazi weekly that Hitler had read devoutly. So let me tell you something. Whatever Hitler was reading, it 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 sounded nothing like that uncivilized pile mm-hmm. of horseshit at the Daily Stormer. Yeah. But once again, it just shows you how they make people look bad by putting that kind of stuff out there and saying that you were one of those kind of people. Andre Anglin would later write the official policy of his website, Jews should be exterminated. Man, this guy's so over the top and such an idiot. Why hasn't why anyone beat him into the fucking ground yet? Um, the Daily Stormer was unlike anything else in white nationalism. Um, the design was clean. The posts were fused with Anglin's weary humor. Dude, that guy was never funny. It was it was Nazi gawker and it and it caught on. Um, what did the Jews trend that? Because it never caught on with me ever. I never went there. Who would go there? That was an intelligent person. 
I mean, I would say the majority of people that go there were probably Jews themselves, building an army of of people. Is remember when I told you that before? I yeah. had the evidence that I was suspecting all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you that before I even had the evidence that that's what it was looking like. And yeah, um, yeah they just built an army of of themselves, and and now you can go see them everywhere. It's the same thing they've been doing. Um. So moving forward, how much more is it with Andre's editorial approach, which he has ex- uh, explained in various podcasts, brought from Mind Cop, follow this. He's most radical. Dude, his writing style, he, man, shut the fuck, editorial, shut the fuck up. Um, good guy versus bad guy, because everyone, because you really, you know, Hitler's angry to learn to, listen, listen to this shit, listen to this shit, from Hitler, Anglin learned to dumb down his argument, good guy versus bad guy. That is total horse crap, man. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. So, um, okay, let's let's keep on going. We're going to go down a little bit farther because we got so much shit to go over. Um, going down to some areas I got highlighted. Um, here we go. In 2014, Anglin was living in Europe when he found a partner in Andrew Almer- Arnheimer, a.k.a. You. Weave. Wait, yeah, Weave. Um, a neo-Nazi hacker troll. Arnheimer grew up in the Ozarks basically in Arkansas, and went to federal prison in 2013 on identity theft and hacking charges, and his conviction was vacated on appeal. After a year, he moved abroad, now lives in um, Transnistria, uh, a small Russian-backed breakaway region on Moldova's eastern border. Arnheimer ran the tech side of the Daily Stormer and also contributed considerable gifts from subversions by making printers on U.S. college campuses pump out swastikas, bedecked flyers for the site. I don't mind, you know, I mean, once again, guys, do you think this is going to make people like you when they look at the swastika as um, not a good symbol because they're ignorant and don't know, you know, it's like someone looking at the Confederate flag and thinking that you know they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So it would. And it not, would, and not it, just that though. Not just that though. I just wanted to say that not only did those uh, papers that he put on the college campuses have swastikas, they had messages, and one of them was, "Oh, join the struggle for motherfucking white supremacy." Like. Okay. Hey, yeah. Yes, though. Yeah. That is yeah. bullshit. Yeah, and why would you do that as if as if, you know, on diverse campuses run by Jews? I mean, it's so bad on the campuses that you can be members of the Weather Underground, Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, uh, Bernadine Dorn and you can go on that after you go and blow up um federal buildings and and at least kill one at least one person being Jews, you could go on the run and after you finally turn yourselves in you do a little bit of jail time, and then after you get out, you go get a fucking job as a professor at college, right? Because, I mean, time and time again, this shit happens, right, with regular people? No, only with the Jews. But like I said, somebody earlier in this conversation, it don't matter how many of you arrest on on, on, on 9-11. It doesn't matter um, the fact that it was a, a Jew that did the anthrax mailing. 
it doesn't matter that, um, you know, they're setting up the no-fly list. And most of the Americans don't know that the no-fly list is actually connected to your credit report. And that's why the fuck average Joe Sally Smith and her five-year-old kid is on the no-fly list. They haven't figured that part out, right? They think they think it was all set up for Alibaba and it wasn't set up by them people. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, they want to keep on telling you, oh, it's just about ethnic struggles and they're struggling for their group. Man, it's beyond that with these people. You can you can be all for yourself and be civilized and have ethics, or you can be a cutthroat, you know, be of your father the devil. I mean, who else would do some stuff like that? So, um, and like I said, it's 99.99% all of them. He had them go, let's go, I'm, I'm skipping some parts right here. Still, Anglin's mob was a terror. He sliced his... He sicked his trolls. Uh, he sicked his trolls on American University's first black female student body president. Now, now, why would you go and do all that? He had them go after Erin Schrode, a Jewish woman running for Congress in California, as well as Jonah Goldberg and David French, writers of the National Federal National Review. Um, uh, man, wow. This makes everybody love you. This this is definitely not going to send everybody after any national socialists, are they? They wouldn't think that if, if you claim to be one of that they're going to think you're like England, are they? How fucking stupid and weak are you people that keep on allowing this shit to happen? They were by large lost boys who felt rejected by society and thanks to the internet could lash out. Yeah, because they're weak and Jewish in destructive ways, and they know we're coming. I'm about had enough, guys. Uh, okay, I'm just reading certain um, parts of this now. I'm just going to cover what I think is important. Published in June by Natalie Fest and Eva March, two Australian scholars, showed that trolls tend to be high in cognitive empathy, meaning they can understand emotional suffering of us, but um, low in effective empathy, meaning they don't care about the pain they cause. They are, in short, skilled and ruthless manipulators. Um, so there's one group that I know is really ruthless. Going down a couple paragraphs, Anglin had been to the polls, hadn't been to the polls in years, but he wasn't going to miss a chance to vote for Trump. His absentee ballot arrived in Ohio from Krasnodar, a city in southwest Russia near the Black Sea, according to Franklin County records. That Roman, that Russian government wouldn't know about an American inside its borders publishing a major neo-Nazi website seemed improbable. I would say so, but not just for the Russian government. We were just speaking about the no-fly list. How the yeah. fuck? Is this motherfucker going everywhere, all around, <laughs> with spewing this shit? Hello, guys. How much fucking? How much more do you need to know? Anglin worshipped Putin and seems like exactly the type of online agitator Russian might use to sow chaos during the U.S. elections. Oh. This yeah. guy, see, oh, so so now he's thinking that Anglin is that powerful to actually rock the boat in the U.S. elections. Come on, man. Yeah. Our, our it kind one, of 
it also feeds into that bullshit notion that, oh, yeah, Russia, you know, they hack the elections, and, you know, yeah. it also kind of, like, reinforces that, too. Yeah, and it also doesn't help that you got hackers involved, right? Yeah. Like like Ar- like Ernheimer. In March, yeah. Ernheimer told Daily Stormer commenters that he was setting up a site forum on a much beefier server in the Russian Federation. Daniel would later swear on a site under penalty of purchase that he never taken money or direction from a Russian government. No, just from the Jews. So he can swear under perjury for that. Most definitely, he would be right on that. But here's the thing about it. Um, the first, this is another thing I don't get about these stupid-ass white people. How the fuck are you going to sit there and look at a Jew in your face? And this is, and you're talking about Andrew Onheimer. And, and the first time I've seen this guy, the first picture I ever saw of him, I knew he was a Jew. And yet this still has not stopped any of these white nationalists that proclaim that they're against the Jew. And yet they keep on saying that the, the black folks are too stupid. They keep on, the reason why the black um, they keep on being taken advantage of by the Jew. They're just too dumb to realize what's happening to them. And, that, and then you go, I mean, how dumb do you got to be to see one right in front of your face? Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, by the way, this is, this is, um, this is um, one of Andre's main partners in all of this. Yeah. If, if it wasn't for this, this Jew, <coughs> and, um, you know, He's part Jew. I guess he's a half a Jew. I guess he can be trusted because they had him in, in, in Germany. Get us! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, supposedly supposedly he's supposed to be, um, I guess he'd be considered half. According to the to what I've read, the man is supposed to be, um, isn't his mother Jewish? And his dad's a, he's an actual Jew because his mother's Jewish, right? Yeah. And his dad is like a, a Native American Indian or some shit. Supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, yeah. Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah. Yo, you're cutting out, bro. <laughs> oh, you there, man? Oh, you there? Yeah. Motherfucker. Oh, not again. Yeah, you there, man? Yeah, I'm back. Um, okay. <laughs> a little bit, but 
having technical difficulties as usual. But um, anyway, collective, a, a collective of data scientists called Susan Verbaki Anthony conducted an analysis of the Daily Stormer leaks on Twitter from February 2nd to March 2nd and found that Anglin's content was being spread by a, a mysterious network of accounts. This network, which is still active, has amplified divisiveness, uh, divisiveness in American political discourse on Twitter since, uh, since at least early in the year. It includes bots, bot puppets, accounts operated by actual people under false identities, and essentially shuts down each night from 5 to 11.30 p.m. on the East Coast, uh, midnight to 6.30 uh, local time in Moscow and in St. Petersburg. So the operation is more on the East Coast than on than Russia. Uh, the election helped elevate the Daily Stormer from one of several influential white national sites to a key platform of the alt-right, though the site wasn't nearly as popular as Anglin wanted, wanted people to think. He and Almheimer, Arnheimer, um, don't know if I am, I might be missing another page, I think so. He and Arnheimer something, anyway. Might be missing the page, I so. In May in uh, 2016, Wilson Slipster has asked Ben-Candidate Trump about this, but the harassment angles only had leveled against the journalist Lydia IFO after, man, this seems so, so Alex Jones has given Andre platforms of his bullshit. I don't have any message to the fans, Trump said. Um, the fans, his people, interpret that as an endorsement and in cold reporters when asked about Trump's refusal to condemn what nationalism. Um, going on, and the, okay, here we go. I was staying near the old exile, exile bar, once the premier leather joint in Columbus, and an early moneymaker for the Anglin family. The exile was one of two gay bars that had been owned by Anglin's uncle, Anglin's uncle Todd, until he died of AIDS. So um, Angus' whole family seemed like a bunch of liberals, stuff like that. After which Greg took over, there you go. Greg took over. See, I told you his dad was in that fucking big bar shit. Uh, the bar continued to stage phone parties and fetish nights while Greg, according to sources, performed gay conversion therapy at his counseling practice. Greg had his massive sizable if shabby real estate portfolio in town, and I visited several of his properties trying to unsuccessfully locate his real Nazi friend. I was thought I thought that Angwin might be crashing at a shallow Dutch friend's house with Emerson, whose Facebook page included a favorite Hitler quote and alt-right reference. Um, Emerson was prone to bragging about his relationship with Angwin. He told he, he told more than. One of my sources that he and Andrew communicated every day in message, and he sent one source he claimed to be talking, and he sent the one source he claimed to be talking with Anglin now as he speaks. 
Um, anyway, I quickly scratched the note on. I need someone to talk to. Okay, I love that. Hey, I'm moving forward. I think Father uh, Stocky wants to share. Okay. Um, where he potentially crossed the legal line is with the trolling he orchestrated. Cyberstalking is defined as using as using the internet in a way that causes that causes attempts to cause or would be reasonably expected to cause substantial emotional distress to a person. Is a federal federal crime punishable five years in jail. So they went and served Angler with some papers, but they didn't arrest him. So I guess my point in bringing this up is that um, there is a fine of $250,000 for doing that if you get arrested. So if they go for the civil lawsuit, they're probably going to get uh, that $200,000 in Bitcoins that Andre Anglin has amassed that I haven't went over yet. So they probably read over it. Um, eventually, Anglin doesn't participate. Even if Anglin doesn't participate in the harassment directly, uh, he arguably solicitates cyberstalking and aids and abets according to Citron. These crimes in their own are crimes in their own right, just not ones that law enforcement is prepared to take on. Few local departments have the means to go after trolls, and Citron says that federal investigators who are swamped with child pornography and fraud and terrorism cases tend to make cyberstalking investigations tend not to make cyberstalking investigations a priority. Um, I'm just reading through some things I got highlighted. The alt-right leaders came to Charlottesville from far and wide this August for the largest gathering of white nationalists in more than a decade. Rickish Prince, Mike Enoch, Matthew Steinbach, Eli Mosley, and even David Dickfield Clanson. Well, it's good for PR, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's really good for PR. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Paul, I don't know what's going on, but, like, I can hear you, but it sounds kind of static. You said things are starting to sound kind of static? Yeah. I don't know. Um, you can take over if you want. Somebody you mean reading the article? Well, I think um, I think we're almost done with it, aren't we? Yeah. Let me go back to the article. Yeah, a guy saying the audio is terrible, a lot of rumble in the background. <clears throat> Am I still coming in? Um, yeah. So what where were we at? Okay, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're at Oppenheimer right now. I'm looking at some stuff, and I'm pretty much hard to cover nothing. I mean, in July, Almer put the new rule in the discourse form. Do not there talk to police. If anyone, if we find out you have talked to police for any reason, you will be banned. It, <laughs> it, it appears that, well, that makes you feel safe, doesn't it? It, it yeah. appears <laughs> law enforcement officials might finally an interest in his operation. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, maybe figure out if the news are being at all and deal with. Um, it's just a, just a huge embarrassment. I'm looking over the articles now. 
Am I still coming staticky? No, it sounds better now. Okay. The day after the rally, posted here was an overweight sob and claimed that most people are glad she's dead. Well, why would England write like that? How does that affect white legislation like that? I mean, different ways Sunday so he's just a good representative for you. And uh, this is an operation for you to, to build a strong man of ignorant white nationalists so that you say, look at them. This is what they're all about. So that as, as the real movement starts to grow, everyone will, it'll grow because everyone will think that they're like this piece of shit angling. I mean, I don't know, guys. Do do you think any of you guys will see country anytime soon? If you, do, I hope you get my really good help from me, because I'll do one for you too if I ever see. I'm sorry, but there's like something going on every time you're talking. There's like a there's like a clicking or sparking sound that it's getting really annoying. I know that. Hold on. I don't know what I'm going to Can you hear me now? Yeah. A lot better? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was all about. Yeah, but it stopped. Yeah, it stopped. Now, great. Anglin and Alheimer scrambled to get the Daily Stormer back online. They were rejected by a half a dozen other domain registers. Even Roscom, the Russian National Register, denied them. At the, as of press time, they have managed to get a version up on the site in the Philippines and rebranded as America's largest pro-Duterte site. Okay, so once again, is these are, the, are these the activities of a national socialist to go and promote uh, human people who are committing human rights. This all just seems, I mean, how stupid are people? I just don't get it. His panic was almost pal- palatable as he tried to walk back the fearsome reputation he had cultivated. I'm not actually a neo-Nazi white supremacist, nor do I know what that is, he wrote in mid-September. Of course, of course he did it now. He's another jam. He's another jam. Pretty soon you won't hear from him. Mm-hmm. Pretty, so, pretty soon you won't hear from him. But anyway, moving forward, five days later, he posted about the world being ruled by, hold on. Are you Listen, is this really serious right now? Is this really, really the truth right now? Because I don't, I don't pay attention to this guy. Five days later, he posted about the world being ruled by reptilians from another dimension of some other type of reptilian or insectoid race of aliens where the irony started and stopped was hard to know. I emailed Anglin one more time asking for an interview. He didn't answer. The next day he wrote a post calling for a mass execution of journalists. I want to see pieces of journalists' brains. Like, who does this? Who says this? This these people are out to make sure that national socialism doesn't spread as what these people are. I mean, this is fucking disgusting. I couldn't help but to feel that
We're going to have to wait for my final class to get back on the air again. This is like the third time.
as far and wide as they can and show it to you. Okay, now what decent National Socialists would involve themselves with that kind of activity and want to be involved with someone that spreads their ass cheeks far and wide like that? And this is what these people are into. Um, Also, we have um, the Daily Stormer, where we have proof that, um, what's the guy's name? Hmm. Which one? Let me find it it for you here. Um, There's a lot of information. I don't think I I didn't load it all, unfortunately. I'm missing some of my information. But um, let me see here. This here's part of it. Um, Andrew Onheimer has a friend called Alex Pilazov. Now he's a Jew. Now this is the same one that when he got his his hacking charges in, in federal court, when um, when Andrew Onheimer got his his charges, the only bestest buddy old friend that showed up in court was another Jew. This guy Alex Pilazov. And this guy, Alex Pilazov, um, according to the information on on the um, domain registry of um, this site of Daily Stormer, the address is 71 Broadway, Apartment J, New York City, Providence, Road, Providence New York. Um, and they also list the phone number. I'll post this information up on my website. But um, they have Andrew Einheimer as the administrator. Um, Andrew Einheimer is the one who um, has his name down as being in charge of the Daily Stormer, not Andre, not Andrew Anglin. And the address is not Einheimer's address because he lives in Russia. But what he does have is. The guy Alex Pilozov. Alex Pilozov seems to be a a rabbi, and if he's not a rabbi, he's definitely trying his way his best to be one, because he has a YouTube Vimeo channel with all of his um, all of his little Torah and Talmud services, um, where he just has these daily um, little. Um, things he's doing of going over the the uh, the Torah and whatnot. There's, it's obviously he's a rabbi. There's no doubt about it. He's seen. He definitely seems one. I don't see him being claimed to be called a rabbi. Um, not yet in his videos, but um, he's definitely trying to teach somebody like he is a rabbi. So I don't know if he's directly a rabbi. He seems like he is. And um, this is the guy that Andre site. The address to, to Andre's site. Now, maybe you could say, maybe you could say this is a big, a big joke, right? And maybe they're just trying to be funny by putting the address of the domain register as well, um, of the domain to this particular address. But if you're serious about being a, a, a white nationalist, first of all, what is your daily stormer doing in the name of? an obvious Jew, and looks like a Jew, sounds like a Jew, lives in Russia with the rest of the Jews, um, loves playing in shit like Jews do, and then on top of that, the address leads to his bestest buddy, old pal, Alex Pavazov, who is a is, who is a staunch, not just Zionist, but a, a true, um, a real Jew. 
of the of the highest order. So we have all that activity going on, and this is these are the people that are keeping Andre afloat. Andre, you wouldn't even know who Andre was. You wouldn't hear of Andre. Andre is nobody. Andre is someone only because these guys keep on pushing him up like that. And so, um, Andrew Allheimer, if you're listening, I'd love to talk to you about it. I know Alex Pavazov or Pilazov, he's not coming. But I hear you like to play in shit, Andrew. Almheimer. There's some stuff I want to talk to you about, and this is just the beginning of a of a internet research on you. I mean, the case is closed. It's like me having to prove more about UFOs and if UFOs are um, real or not. I don't need any more evidence to prove that they're not real. Right? Because this guy, there's no doubt if it's true that his dad is an American Indian. Think about this. There's another thing. I found a picture online of Andrew Ongheimer or Ornheimer. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if he got his name changed or not. I did. I haven't went over. If you want me to real quick, let me. I can go over some more evidence because I do have it. I'm just tired of talking right now. Um, let me see. Well, there's the Bitcoin wallets of um, John Bambeck. Does a lot of good work on that. Um, let me see. Uh, in November, um, the neo-Nazi Bitcoin tracker, a Twitter bot that pours the web for activity to and from Bitcoin wallets owned by neo-Nazis, found that Weave, um, short for Weevil, which is not a good name to have. Almheimer, an internet troll and webmaster for the far-right website Daily Stormer, had received over one million in Bitcoin. One million in Bitcoin. Almheimer did. I guess Almheimer ain't got time. Almheimer ain't got time to talk to me. He's got a million dollars in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, Daily Stormer, which in the wake of white nationalist violence in the American city of Charlottesville was dropped by several major firms hosting uh, hosting firms had 300,000 in its own. Okay, so Bitcoin, the Daily Stormer's Bitcoin wallet had 300,000 in its wallet, the tracker revealed. The site founder, Andrew Anglin, has called Bitcoin Nazi currency. Yeah, he doesn't call it cyber shekels like it is. Yeah, because because people haven't figured out that there's nothing more private than the American dollar. Like, like for some reason, I don't understand why these people keep on saying that big currency, uh, these bitcoins, are like anonymous transactions. Man, shut. Even the fact that they keep on harping on the dark web, people. Let me tell you what's going on here. The reason why they keep on talking about dark web now is because they don't want you to go there. They plan on controlling the surface web, and they don't want you going into the dark web. So they're going to talk about all the boogeymans and child rapists and and um, smut, uh, the, uh, um, what do they call them? Not the smut films, the, um, the, the, uh, 
the films where they kill people, where they call them things. Um, yeah, so they went, what is it called? Well, no, they have a particular name for films that are, that are used, that are used just for killing people. Snuff films is what they call them. So, yeah, they, they want you to think that that's all that's out there on the dark web and shit. And so they want you to be all scared and, and, uh, so here we go with Andrew Anglin calling it Nazi cryptocurrency. Man, you piece of shit. Bomb, uh, John Bombeck, a security expert at University of Illinois lecturer, created the Bitcoin tracker. Um, despite assertions about total privacy, Bitcoin transactions are viewable by everybody in the ecosystem on an online ledger. There are ways for sophisticated bigots to obfuscate, obfuscate uh, them, Bambeck says, but there is a huge dispar- disparity between tech-savvy neo-Nazis and their followers. Well, hold on here for a minute, uh, Mr. Bambeck, because I got a question. Well, if there's a huge disparity between tech-savvy, tech-savvy and neo-Nazis and their followers, how are you able to find out from a tech-savvy Andrew Omheimer that he's got over a million dollars in his Bitcoin wallet. Okay? So obviously, even if you're a tech genius, you can't escape people knowing how much you have in your Bitcoin wallet. And of course, like I said, these are what I like to deem cyber shekels. These are worst. These are the worst form of currency transactions, and I think I'll, I'll go ahead and give the people some more good information since they just don't get it. Fiber, these these uh, fiber shekels, they're not a good investment whatsoever. And everything you're hearing about them, about how good it is to invest in Bitcoin because they're so good to invest in, shut up, stupid people. So many people have lost their money in Bitcoins, right? Yeah, there's been some wealthy uh, business. Uh, people, but I got to tell you, the only ones I've seen the faces of have all been Jews, okay? And I haven't seen them all who have been wealthy off of Bitcoins, but the ones I have seen, like in the videos, the Bitcoin gospel or whatever it I looked at to study up on this Bitcoin stuff, all the successful people were Jews that they showed in the videos. So um, what I would say is this, if it's about, if it's about investing in Bitcoin to get your return on your currency, why didn't the fucking government just go ahead and put their dump their money into Bitcoin? Why don't the banks just go ahead and dump their money into Bitcoin? Why do they need you to do it to get it going? Because they want your money, stupid people. Of course. So paper currency is privacy, Bitcoin, cyber shekels, document every transaction you ever had on the planet. Worse than any other way of documenting anything you ever did on your planet in your life. It's something that they would love, that they that they are looking forward to. Besides the, the metadata and the riot search engines where they can go and track all your, your your where you are on the planet and everything through your apps, now they want to add in Bitcoin, and they want you to think this is the best thing. This not Bitcoin, cyber shackles. They want you to think that this is the best thing that you could be wanting on the planet right now, when in actuality, this is where they want you to think. They want you to think that you did this to yourself, right? Like you came up with this bright idea, but in actuality, this is what they want you to do. Get caught up in cyber shackles. 
I mean, this is this is this is a a Jew's dream come true, ones and zeros at, at the highest level. I'm loving it. So, um, Onheimer, who lives in Russia, backed separatist state of Transnistria in Moldova, garnered media attention last year by hacking thousands of connected printers to produce swastika flyers. He really did white nationalists a favor, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. So, um, Bamback wants to create a database of all criminal-linked cryptocurrency transactions in the near future. I guess that way they can take your money, knock you off the Internet, make sure you can't. Oh, the future looks good if you let it, stupid people. You know, you won't be able to have your apps. You won't do this. You won't do that. You, you break the community guidelines. You can't do all these things. I don't know what to tell you, man, except wake up and uh, get busy. In the more immediate future, Bambach wants to alert CyberShekel wallets companies to neo-Nazi activity on their platform. If someone is paying rent in CyberShekels, there's not a lot I can do about it, he says. But if you go to Coinbase or a limited number of places where you can cash out, you can go to them and say, do you really want a neo-Nazi on your site? In August, a Daily Stormer supporter claimed Coinbase, one of the world's best-known wallets, had deleted his or her account for having donated. I wonder if they lost all their cyber shekels at that time. Coinbase and and others of its kind are avoidable by neo-Nazis, but their shutting down hateful accounts could have a big bottleneck effect on the likes of Weave, the, the Daily Stormer, and others. He doesn't lose much sleep. It's standard Internet trolling, Bam Beck says. My little sister, and by the way, Bam Beck is a Jew, my little sister has threatened me better than these guys have. And I agree with you, Bam Beck. Okay, so the name of that article is This Twitter Bot is Showing How Big Bitcoin's Nazi Problem Is. Wow, they got all kinds of arguments about just how horrible national socialists can be. Just because we got you got people like Andre and the rest of these people that you let get away with and don't rein them in and expose them for who they are. It's sad. I imagine I'll be getting uh, uh, I'll be having some contact with Andrew Onheimer pretty soon. Um, can't wait. So. Um, yeah, comments. I mean, we could talk about, and this is very interesting. I wonder if, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe it's, maybe they're not just Jewish. Maybe they're all gay, too, because the Gay Nigger Association of America, um, why would you call yourself that? I mean, it just shows the level of playing and shit they love to do. 
I mean, if you have a problem with someone, of course, go address it. But you definitely have some mental issues if you want to spend your whole life just trolling people on the Internet and shit like that. Um, website and Internet personalities include Slashbot, Wikipedia, CNN, Barack Obama, campaign websites, Alex Jones, and prominent members of the blogosphere. They have also released software products and leaked screenshots and information about upcoming operating systems. In addition, they maintain a software repository and wiki-based site dedicated to Internet commentary. They are listed as a far-right cyber-terrorist organization. This is so disgusting. Members, only requirement for membership is a dedication to the struggle of gays and niggers everywhere. Purpose being. No, this is on Wikipedia, the Gay Niggers Association. And that's what they named themselves. Um, Purpose being gay niggers. Uh, Affiliations. Goatsy security. And Goatsy, I mean, you know, this is this is Jewish operations. These are Jewish people for you. Um, here's what they're saying. We Mother of Weave is Jewish. His father is part Native American. Um, yeah. You know what? Steven Seagal claims that bullshit, too, trying to pass him off as having a little Native with his Jewish self. Um, Weave is at least We've is at least since his trial friends with Shabbat Tech Jew Alex Tilazov and registered DS.LOL. Recently on the server of Tilazov's internet tech company, um, Weave is a Jew and he is calling for killing children, mass killings, terrorism, white supremacy, etc., to sabotage race loyalty. Um, people who trust Weave are gullible and naive. It is it is sad, really. Seriously. And I mean and by the way, this person ain't even in the movement. This is just a guy that this is just a guy that um is uh is telling like it is. Um as Mador, I guess that's another guy in this clique is a multi-convicted criminal and obvious saboteur. He is basically there to scare away people from race loyalty ideas by his vile and worn-out appearance. His gas the Kikes chant and white Sharia chant and his obsession with Hitler. Hitler, by the way, would classify Asmodor as an untermerch and send him to the work camps where he belongs. Anglin is managed by a Jew, Weave, who regularly calls for the killing of children, mass killing terrorism. That is the tech Jew, Weave, is probably at the center of TSR and DS Tech, a, com- a compiled, to compile data on followers as well. You goddamn right. Yeah. This is what the fuck these people are up to. Um, yeah. Onheimer is a member of the Gay Niggers Association, an anti-blogging troll group 
who takes their name from the 19 Danish uh, 1992 Danish movie Gay Niggers from Outer Space. Well, who would go watch that one anyway? Um, uh, Oh, yeah, the 1992 movie. Uh, members of the GOSI security, security involved with the iPod hack are also members of the Gay Niggers Association. He was also formerly, Onheimer was also formerly the Gay Nigger Association president. Of course. Um, in 2008, New York Times reported that Arnheimer um, claimed, I like to call him Armenheimer because he's a communist piece of shit Jew, and that goddamn swastika that's supposed to be on his chest, show me a screenshot of it now because I don't even think it's still there. Um, um, Responsibility for posting false accounts of programming author and game developer, hold on. Uh, responsible for posting a false account of programming author and game developer Kathy Sierra's career in 2007. Why the fuck would you do this to people except you're a piece of shit? Including charges that she was a former sex worker along with her actual address and social security number. This is the same kind of shit that they were doing over there at the Daily Stormer, guys. Are you getting it yet? Is it sinking in? This led to her to her receiving death threats and threats of sexual violence. Does that sound familiar to you guys? This is while he was the president of the Gay Niggers Association. This is the guy who handles Andre and gives him his, his Bitcoins, the, the little bit that he gets to get, about 20%. Um, so, um, hi, okay, um, and her online absence in 2000, from 2007 to 2013. In 2014, Arnheimer denied that he was the author of the post and asserted that the New York Times had fabricated the statement that was, that was attributed to him. Sierra has stated that before this denial, Onheimer repeatedly tweeted about the incident that she had it coming and deserved to be attacked. Onheimer's name in a track, Onheimer is named in a track from Childish Gambino's Because the Internet album entitled Three. Life's Biggest Troll, Andrew Almheimer. Almheimer has said that he is planning to open a hedge fund, T-R-O-L-L-C. Oh, you're planning on opening a hedge fund? Well, you must have a lot of weak goyim to prey on with your Jewish blood-sucking tick self. Yeah. Any last comments? Okay. 
Okay. Um, the Goyam know, guys, so it's time to shut it down. Where's the money coming from all this? Someone's asking where the money's coming from all this. The money's coming. That's why they have Bitcoin wallets. That's the easiest way. You could just give it to them from donations. Like I said, most of these people, from what it seems to be, from what everything I've gathered, including from what they've gathered in that Andre Anglin Atlantic piece, by looking at the numbers and tracking these people, is that the army is not an army of organic white nationalists. It's an army of some group who thinks it's funny and love playing and shit to go around and make you all look bad. Who do you think that is? Who do you think you're the biggest threat to? Fellow white people? Um, Do you think black folks find you a threat? So, anyway, any final words, man, before I wrap this thing up? Um, You know, you talked about how white people, I mean, some white people, not everyone, of course, but some white people like to say that how, oh, look how stupid black people they're getting used by the tool. Well, okay. all people, I mean, every, like, Jews can find pieces of shit, you know, in all races. And that's what the National Socialists said. They never said that, oh, you know, we give it a better award. And that's, that's complete horseshit. What they did say was that every people have their own image. I mean, I even read that Hitler, like, um, waved at Owens. Like, he wasn't bothered that Owens won the, the fucking um, race. But it was the American um, Roosevelt that, you know, snubbed him, that treated him like fucking dirt. You know? Like, so, that kind of ties in with this. I'm not tying it in, though. You know, the people that like to say, oh, well, look at Germany. Look how racist they are, man. Let me tell you something. America, they fucking lynched and yeah, you could say it was the Jews, but it was with the whites too. They treated black people like dirt. They treated Indians like dirt. They treated Mexicans like dirt. And in, in, in the British and the French, of course, they treated their fucking colonial subjects like dirt. And the Soviet Union, oh my God. I could, so much you're right of just how racist the Soviet Union was because the Tartar people, the Chechen people, and the Finnish people, all those ethnic groups were completely deported and sent off to the Gulag or to other places for fucking, um, for labor, all because, you know, like Stalin thought that the Chechens needed to be wiped off the face of the earth, and the Tartars, because there were Tartars who joined the Germans, therefore all of them were guilty, therefore they should all be sent to motherfucking, um, um, to motherfucking Central Asia. Until this day, though, there were people in the Crimea that were Russians. Someone asked them, what do you think about Tartars? And they said, oh, well, the Tartars, uh, some side it was the Germans. But, you know, one that was really telling them said, oh, well, uh, you know, Central Asia is a little bit hot. So, you know, they just got there for work. It wasn't really that bad, though. I mean, the fucking mentality that some of those people have is just ridiculously racist and just unbelievable. 
But um, well, you know, mm-hmm. um, what I would say is, I can understand frustrations of individuals that they've had enough. So, as far as that aspect of it goes, I I can um, I can understand that. You know, when sometimes you can push a, a people or a person to the point where they've just had enough and I'm I'm all for that. We need to get people to the point where they've had enough. But uh as one of my favorite revolutionaries have always said, um regarding Malcolm X because Malcolm X was a pimp. He um sold women on the street, he was a criminal and when he went to jail he transformed himself from the lowest lows to the highest height. He then became a person who would protect women and not only that, give his life for a woman, but the point is is that he channeled his energy correctly. And that's what has to happen. You have to sit back and read some Bruce Lee philosophy, get your mindset right, learn a lot, keep on learning about life. And you learn about life as well as knowing what the end result is, a better world, not just for yourself, but for everyone, right? Then you'll come You'll come to the best decisions you can make. So, yeah, and, and I can say that. I can say that even speaking in the manner that I, you know, with what I can have to say about, you know, the Jewish people. You know, because how can you say that and say what you, how can you say that and in the same breath say what you say about the Jews? The Jews made their own bed. The Jews know what they want to do. To this point, just go look at the Holocaust. You know, something that they want to bring up all the time about woe is me, but you're going to tell me the majority of them don't know about Holocaust deniers and they want to pretend like it don't exist. And then when they go see the academic work by someone that is definitely qualified to 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 have the argument, and then they want to sit there and act like they never seen the video before, like they don't know what you're talking about when they know all about it, but they because they know why, they instinctively know. You know, I'm speaking. I'm. I was speaking with a lady the other day, right? Same one asking me about, uh, you know, how can I say that and hate Jews? I mean, but at the same time, this is a, this is a person who hears a Jew, who hears a Jew talking about how special they are compared to the rest of us. How how they identify as being Jewish. And I don't know, I've never had a discussion about what all it is this person keeps on bringing up about her Jewish identity that she must keep on throwing it in people's faces, but I know how they operate. So, um, yeah. I mean, these people... They chose the side they want to be on. They want to be against the rest of us for whatever reason. Um, you know, I think they think the world is theirs. They want to control everything. And it's also kind of uh, genetic, too. Uh, you know, I would say the part of this is also genetic, like some people would like to see. But there's, but that's not an excuse for behavior is, you know, genetics, this or genetics, that. Um, especially when you're aware of your own behaviors. But I've noticed, you know, watching a lot of their activities that they just have this knack to find 
the hubs of power and to utilize it. Even if they can't get a hold of it themselves, they know how to manipulate the person that's got the power, just like they did with the kings and queens of Europe and everything else and everything they do. You know, um, I would say the things that I think that makes them so successful is they are relentless. Mm-hmm. There's only one. There's only one way that you could stop them. No other. And they know that. That's why they keep on claiming that Adolf Hitler tried to exterminate them because they they really know that's the only way that they will ever be stopped. You could not, you could not. It'd be like you found a thief in your store and they came and stole from you, and then the, you would think that the the thief the thief would say, "Oh shit, I better not try that again because they know I'm a thief now," and so therefore, I know not to try it because chances are they're going to be on to me. Oh, these people will keep on trying to steal from you over and over and over again. They're relentless. So, you know. Anyway, any 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 final thoughts before we uh, close down this amazing show? That the the uh, untold story, Andre Anglin, the untold story. And there's still a lot to be told, be told, but I think the most important thing is to realize that this man is a disservice to anybody, um, not just the white nationalists, but anyone that's white, you know, he's a disservice to. Because, you know, especially of another ethnicity, if you have anything that even is, that's remotely resembles something close to what is being coming out of his mouth about Mexicans or or um, Muslims, or immigration issues, or whatever your issue might be against, if you wouldn't say anything that that he seemed to have been spouting, you could be a potential threat because you're a white person. And so we got all these white people. I might as well finish up on this one and about Charlottesville because on both sides, um, I seen I seen a video one time where a guy that lived in Charlottesville was talking about how the buses that dropped off both sides of the spectrum dropped off the people in the same exact area. They didn't all battle against each other right then, right? But yet they got dropped off by the buses in the same area. I seen another video where someone was, um, I forget how much it was now, I think it was like $20 an hour to be a protester in a, in a different county there um, that they had the Craigslist ad in. Um, what else? Um the Antifa that was there, they were all of uh, the ones in the black masks were all Jews, basically, um, from what my experience has been with all these people. And and not just that, the good guesswork is I've seen the videos, but as far as speaking, as, as far as Charlottesville, as far as everyone, well, most definitely common sense would tell you that, right? Good guesswork. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, not to mention the fact that when you claim that you're a communist, that you claim that you're a socialist, that you claim that you're an anarchist, when you start using those labels, those are code names that you're Jewish, first and foremost. Second of all, um, like I said, even looking at the pictures on the other side, uh, with the Andrew Anglin article alone, you can see that those guys look at the hooked nose. The only thing that trying the kinds of hide their Jewish identity is they got these buzz cuts like they're rednecks mm-hmm. to, kind of th- to kind of throw you off a little bit. But if you look at them faces and study them well, 
they look very Jewish. And I'm not slow when it comes to knowing one when I see one. Now, on top of that, you have the you have the Antifa, but what you also had along with the Antifa Jews and the Black Mass is you had a you know a few black people because they like to use uh, what they use the, the word dog whistle now, but they like to use words like racism or racist, and then when someone hears that someone when a black person when a black person hears that someone is a racist, they may want to say, oh, well, I'm against that because that's against me, so I want to be part of it to stop the racism. And so they find these old token blacks somewhere that are maybe a little bit political, aware through the mainstream media or something, and then they say, oh, racism, they're against me? Well, let me join up with you people in the black mass to fight against the bad guy. And then you also have a few of the people that look white or are white, but the ones in the black mass look like they're white when they're really Jews. But then you have a few regular white folks that also don't have a black mask on, but they're in there amongst that same group of Antifa because those are the white the whites that are, you know, having white guilt complexes. And so now they got to feel like, oh, I don't have to put on a mask. I want you to know I'm not one of the racist. Look, here I am. See, I don't have a mask on, and I'm fighting against, so don't get me confused. And so they, they utilize and manipulate those people to give them like, oh, it's just regular people, white and black. It's, it's diverse. No, it's not. It's Jews behind black masks taking advantage of other ethnicities for their own benefit, something that they continue to do time and time again. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, oh, you yeah. know that other person that's on the call, he wants to come on and put it two sentences. Okay, hold on. Let me um let me go ahead and um look through some of the comments that have been left here in the chat room because I haven't been looking at them. Um, turn down the game. What do you think about think prompted Andrew Engler's massive change in politics? Well, he came to the truth of Adolf Hitler and National Socialism because of me. But what took him to the deep end to become an embarrassment? Well, in the beginning, I thought it was because he got beat up by a couple of black guys probably because he fucked their sister or something. They took his, took his cell phone, probably because he, that was he was using to communicate with the young black girl. Just my guess. But what isn't a guess is that he got beat up by two black guys, and they took his phone. And then he cried to me and Luca and showed me the pictures of uh, what happened to his face. I think it's at his, maybe it's his dad's house, a nice, lovely house um, with big ceilings and all that. And... Uh, and so next thing you know, he that was last we heard. And then next thing you know, Transformer, I'm hating the hate, hate, hate. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, all this shit started coming forward. And then that was the end of it. He he had uh, never really heard too much more from him after that. But um, that's what I would, you know, in the beginning, I thought he got beat up by two black guys and what prompted it all. But now it's obvious he's, you know, it's facts. He's being paid by the Jew. Anglin hates his own identity because he's of his left upbringing and probably because he's because of closet homosexuality. I think this was most likely caused by uh, caused by um, being abused as a child by his father. I I don't I don't know where you're coming from. I can't. I'm not feeling that. I don't. I don't got anything to really based that on. I would I would say that a lot of his womanizing is based on 
taking advantage of women and shit like that, looking for a weak, a, a vulnerable, weak woman, like his dad, looking for someone that's emotionally vulnerable. And now she, he's got him, her and his family, uh, Christian counseling center. Oh, it's Christian counseling. Okay. So now they're going to let the guards down with trust, and he gives them a little love hug. Next thing you know, he might grab a titty. Who knows what goes on? But uh, I think that he learned how to take advantage of, of uh, you know, weak women by his father, so that's why he chose to go to the Philippines where he could have his way for a couple of American dollars or whatever. Um, what about the Jewish children? Should you, uh, What about Jewish children? Should Jewish children be killed? Well, um, guess 17, you're a piece of shit. I don't know who you're referring to about whether Jewish children should be killed or not. No one no one in this group is talking about killing any Jews. Um, um, if they can't learn how to act like regular, normal, uh, civilized people, um, yes, they will be going to the FEMA camps. The ones that you think regular, average Joe's Americans will be going into? No. Um, I've already decided that that's where they will be going. So uh, why don't why don't you just talk on the call? Um, I've been muted the entire time. Well, someone's been muted on the call. Well, fuck, worse times for Skype to run out. Well, thanks for answering my questions. Okay. Well, whatever. So you said somebody wants to get on the call? Hello? Yo, George, are you still there? I'm not, for some reason, I'm not hearing you. Oh, wait, I had it on mute. Sorry, I was looking stuff. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. What's up? I was just wondering, like, why doesn't he just use his phone? Like, why does he got to use Skype? Well, I don't, well, obviously because he's running paranoid. Um, he, he He's not, he wants someone else to be out here, you know, jumping on the hand grenades, laying on the barbed wire so he can, not so he can run across it, so he can wait for the rest of them to run across and once the, once the coast is clear, then, then he'll, then he'll, you know, be ready to talk and all this stuff. Yeah. Kind of sucks, though. I wanted to hear from other people, but, you know. Well, there's, there's, there's a, there's, um, they're in the room. They're in the room. What? You're saying shit. Mm. Whatever. So, is that anything? I mean, yeah, sorry. Um, is that in then? Do you want to wrap up? Yeah, you might as well, you might as well wrap up. Um, no one's interested in talking talking on the phone call right now. I think we've pretty much covered all all the bases. Um, really don't really don't know what I can tell you mm-hmm. about um what's going to be the outcome of of the radio show as far as um other than setting the the official record straight. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. This has been my Comic Class Radio with another hard hitting show. 
of um, this information that uh, you know you can't compete with. They can't compete with it. They know they can't compete with it. And being a dumb devil, they thought that you would buy his tricks, that you would buy his tapes. I can't remember how that quote goes, but that was from um, Dr. Khalid Muhammad um, in a video where he debated Anthony J. Hilder, and uh, it was called Kill the White Man. Which is um, which is Anthony Hilder trying to show um, black nationalists in a bad light because Anthony Hilder is a Jew, supposedly connected to Mossad. Um, don't don't have any proof on that, but um, according to Len Horowitz, a fellow Jew, um, Anthony J. Hilder is a Jew that's hiding his Jewishness. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So anyway, it's been another good episode. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? My only thoughts are that um, anyone. I mean, I can't really say because when I was following Anglin, you know, I found that he was a steal back in 2013. Well, mm-hmm. no, yeah, around around those years, very quickly. And this has just been run for years and years and years, and this mm-hmm. has been built up. So the fact that people are still following him to this day just, just amazes me. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it shows you. See, this, you know, what we're looking at is basically the same kind of stuff. Like I said, there's no way. There's, I just cannot think in my own mind from what I know about planet Earth that there can be so many real, true white nationalists that would fall victim. I mean, the only way you would come to National Socialism, I would think, is you have to be at the highest level of education and understanding before you would even reach to this level right here. So you wouldn't be Mm -hmm. duped by stupidity. You know, you're not going to find... I mean, maybe it's just my thoughts on the case, but my thing is I think you would be of the highest educational standards, the the highest level of understanding to decide that you're going to be a national socialist because at that level you've decided in your own mind that that the truth is so important to you, and it is that, you know, despite all the peer pressures, despite all of, you know, all of the fact that people just want to go along to get along for the herd, regardless of what's reality and what's most important, to 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 get past all of that and to call yourself a national socialist takes a whole hell of a lot of um, you know inner decisions in oneself. So to see that so many people would come to this and then act like they love playing and shit, it just don't compute. It doesn't make any good sense to me. And that's why and that's why there's always haters, there's always people that like to troll. But before I even had any of this evidence from the article, like you've heard me say, you know, I don't have a lot of proof on this, but everything seems to suggest that Andre is this whole army of trolls is basically an army of Jews. It's an army of a fake, 
false flag group of so-called claiming to be white nationalists or white uh, or national socialists. It's all a setup, and the whole purpose of the setup is there's absolutely no doubt that national socialism is growing, not just among white folks, but among every ethnic group around the world. And they and they can't help but to see it because never in their life would they ever have thought that they would ever see black as black could be people praising Adolf Hitler, defending Adolf Hitler's great name, and then going on to encourage others and telling them how national socialism is, you know, the answer. And it truly is the answer. And I don't know if this is a good time to get into it, but I think it's always a good time to um, explain why you're saying national socialism is the answer. But to, to wrap it up, it's just because it's the only political system where the where the person is truly important, for one, meaning that before you can ever make a great country, you have to have great people with great morals. Mm-hmm. And until that happens, you will never see a better world. And this is truly what National Socialism is really about, making a human being from an emotional, spiritual, physical, and intellectual point of view, all those grounds covered to make you the best human being that you potentially can be, because then only then can you go on to make a system that can be as great as it potentially can be, like what Nazi Germany was able to do. America didn't know how to make a decent jet. They didn't know how to make a a rocket until they went to Germany and stole the technology, just like they go around with this capitalist system. Capitalism is just the other side of the coin of communism. Capitalism and communism is the same side of the coin, just like Democrat and Republican is. If you if you look, if you've ever studied and read communism and capitalism, if you're not smart enough, you will never understand that you can that you can admit to valid points on both sides of the spectrum just like you can in politics and the left right paradigm. You can find that you totally agree and it's facts on the left side of certain facets of information, same as you can on the right side. You can admit, not unless you're a cult member in denial, not unless you're a deceiver not to be trusted. But the point is, if you read into it and you read it all, you realize that all it is is you've been caught up in a flip-sided coin. It's like, it's like okay, It's not only like you being caught up in a flip side of coin because you're Democrat or Republican, but let's say you're caught on one side of the spectrum. You're on the left or right side, and now you've got five or six candidates to choose which one you want to represent you in your political spectrum. Well, if you look on the stage, all of them seem to be saying something that you really need. You really want this election, but you got to choose between which one do you want because no candidate is going to give you all of them in one. It's all part of the Jewish trick. You could get them all in one if you were smart enough and had the fucking will. But because you don't put enough energy and time and will into it, it all looks too confusing to you. You can't figure out what's going on here. You can't figure out that you can have everything you want in one politician. Adolf Hitler. Ah. 
<laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, most definitely. So so anyway, um, you know, I, we could talk and talk and talk, and we can keep on talking. We got, Lord willing, our whole lives to talk, um, and we're going to deal with these Jews. I know they won't come see me. They won't come see me directly. I wish they would. They know I'm ready for it. They know they know I've been out here this whole time. They just want to walk. They want to slink around like roaches in the in the you know in the dark. That's all. But don't worry. I, remember that can of raid that T-shirt idea about the can of raid and the Jew you came up with. Yeah. Get the. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway. They just want to slink around in the dark, do things behind the scenes, because they're yeah. cowardice. But I'm, but I'm ready for that. So um, anyway, it was a, a nice show. Thank the Lord. Thank the Creator. And um, you know, with all of the blessings, hopefully we're going to spread the information far and wide. People are going to help us do it. Like I said, if anyone knows a good place to put my shows back up. I guess I can put them right back up here on this talk show. You know what? I guess I will put them right back up here on talk show. I hope they didn't think when they scrubbed the RS feed that my shows were going into the ether forever. Oh, no. They're still there. They're still there. and they'll be up- I'll have them uploaded in, I don't know, four days or so when I get around to it. But anyway, brother, it was nice. I'm doing a show with you. Yeah. And um, we should have some uh, feedback from someone in the future. Yeah. All right, to the to the guests in the chat room, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Maybe you can catch us on the next show. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guidance. And and how Hitler. Well, yeah. Um, how Hitler? I don't. I don't really like. Um, I like to say I. You know, I love Hitler. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hitler's the first man that made me want to go to war for something. I put yeah. my life on something for yeah. something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. You know. Let me tell I, you something though. If if he was alive, if I were alive in that time and I was German and all that, I'd be his bodyguard and not give. I will fight to the last breath to protect him. Well most, well, most definitely, too. I mean, this is the first man that ever made me feel so strongly that I would do something like that. And that that, tell, that shows you the power of national socialism, man. The mere fact that you can, the mere fact that you can claim to be one and never, ever, all of a sudden, abandon the ship says a lot, too, because a lot of people claim that they want to dibble-dabble. But then they then they fall they fall off because you know I'm not I'm not hating on I'm not I'm not going to keep anything against them you know it's just disappointing to know that that you know some of these people um, you know look at John Allen Martinson Jr. for instance yeah. uh, this man is going to go as far as to make a little business suit with a little swastika on the side to you know reinvent himself as a national socialist of some sorts. And um but he never he never claimed to be a black national socialist. He claimed to want to fit in with white folks or something. I don't know what his deal was. But um mm-hmm. yeah, it was just just a weird he wasn't uh he wasn't real, that's why it never worked out for him. 
and he was too weak. He wasn't ready. He was, you know, I guess the the the, the Andre article really does sum it up. You know, these things are bigger than themselves, and uh, you know, anyone I guess could anything could be bigger than oneself. But I would have to say, man, when you own something, you own it, and that's the yeah. end of it. You know what I'm talking about? You you know where I'm coming from with that one, don't you? Yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. So anyway, brother, we'll do another show probably in a couple of days once we get some feedback on, on what's going on here. But I appreciate you joining me on the show tonight. And uh Yeah. It was it was a really good one. Um It's been a pleasure doing these radio shows with you, Paul. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I, it's a pleasure too. I do want you to, I do want you to, to in, in, inject yourself more deeply into these conversations because you have a lot to offer. Um, mm. I mean, a tremendous amount to offer, especially um, yeah. for as little as as little as as you've been dealing with these issues. I've been at this for quite some time. You know, not so much national socialism. I'd say probably less four years probably. So I've always been someone that's exposed and, and identified the Jew, but you know, it was it was a long time coming to you know, to get through the bathing of the Holocaustianity that all Americans go through and just the whole everything, the whole the everything is set up. The Hollywood you know, just everything is, is geared for you to get a good bathing, a good marinating in this Holocaustianity. And, and it really does take a real individual with individuality to break out of that brainwashing. And so it, it really does take a lot. But I think as time goes on, it gets easier and easier, and especially when you can do shows like this and show how income, um shows on articles like the Atlantic article by the Jew, Luke O'Brien, that, um, you know, there's more to the story. The story is not completely accurate. And to set the story straight and to let them know that, uh, most importantly, that white nationalists can learn from other national socialists, um, regardless of uh you know ethnic backgrounds so yeah so anyway it's time to um wrap up and call it a night and get ready to watch the UFC i guess <laughs> i'm getting ready to watch the UFC now and uh I like to call it the UFC. I'll do it. That'll be our next show. I'll comment on. I'll comment. I'll comment on that one next time because I know there's some listeners that watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to. Used to have some good um, feedback on that one, so I'll do that too. Anyway, brother, I'll talk to you probably tomorrow. All right. Goodbye, man. All right. Goodbye. Guidance.
want to um, 